Welcome back. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review, Vikings Season 5, Episode 16, The Buddha. Happy New Year, happy 2019, and also happy Mother's Day to Judith. Wow, does she win the Stannis Baratheon Parrot of the Year Award in this episode? Holy shit. Wow, what a conclusion to this episode of Vikings. This was another one I really enjoyed this episode for the most part. There was a lot of cool stuff in it. I generally liked all the performances. I like how it moved the story along to the next plot points that we were going in each direction. Ivar was subdued in this episode, and seeing him as a secondary force to Hitzok's character rather than the other way around I think was good. Seeing things more from from Hitzok's perspective in Ivar's almost an annoying gnat that's flying around there and you can just bat him away a little bit. But in general, I did like this episode. This was probably, I still don't give two flying fuckburgers about it, but it was probably the most I've enjoyed the Iceland stuff too because Floki was a little bit more animated and felt like Floki to me in this in these scenes, not just a statue sitting there listening to people I don't care talk about. Floki actually had a point. Those scenes had a point. Floki wanted to let those people die, but it's like, oh, sure let those people die. There was actually some struggle there, even though I don't give a crap about the people. Again, I don't want to get too down a negative rabbit hole on an episode I enjoyed, but this is why I think we got too much of the Iceland stuff first to make me get to this frustrated point in it. If, if it was fragmented and these were just, and you kind of hit the story points of it, I think this would have been a decent, decent place to deal with some of that stuff. I, I didn't hate it as much as I usually do. Alfred had another very strong episode. I thought this was Bjorn's strongest episode of the season. He actually was locked in. Uh, King Finehair was fun tonight as well and his whole situation. Again, I generally have enjoyed these last two episodes the most of this whole season, and hopefully this is heading things into a good direction. But I'm not alone. Of course, whenever I'm out here, either either two, three, five, seven, ten, however many of you guys are in the live motherfucking chat, I have with me VLG and Brian Dodd right there. Ending was sad, but he is a snake. The ending, wow. And yeah, I think Judith did try. It's not that she didn't. She she tried everything in her power to not have to do that. But she got the spider sense. She got the motherly instincts on on that Athelred will ultimately just just betray Alfred every chance he gets. Or we even if he doesn't want to, it's just in his nature. As she said to his to Alfred's queen, and I blank on her name all the time. Alfred's queen. He, the people love him more than makes me feel comfortable. And that's true. The, the people, the nobles, have more of a connection with him. He is, I guess, for all essential purposes, he's their king. Or he's their choice of king, even though he still would be in line. But Alfred is continues to be a problem with now he's having his, his sicknesses are rising up again. And everyone is panicking about that. And Athelred seems to be saying one thing to his mother and another thing to the nobles. And she can't kind of keep a hold on all of that. I wonder, this was similar to something that King McKay and I both individually thought was going to happen, but we thought it was going to happen with Uba, which it's cool that they set up the Uba situation and Torvi and Bjorn to kind of send them to the Ragnar lands of North Anglia and set that all up moving forward there, that storyline. So, But what we had both speculated was that maybe Uba would hear 
or overhear what was going on and make a move on Athelred and kill him even without Alfred's permission when Alfred has said he was going to forgive him. We did get that, but we got it with Judith, which is which is going to be an even more interesting thing to see play out long term. How is Alfred going to react to this when when he finds out about it, when he gets back to working order and suddenly his brother's gone. Even though he knew all of this, he decided to forgive Fredo and not just till the mother dies. He decided to forgive Fredo in this situation. I guess he's not really Fredo. His brother's not really Fredo in this scenario, but essentially what I'm saying is he decided to forgive his brother for what he did. And now his mother stepped up and did that. I just, I'm very curious to see how that progresses forward and how Alfred deals with that. Because I don't think he wanted his his brother dead. And his last order, so to speak, to his mother was just to try to make things good. You know, make it work, mom. I can deal with my brother. Make it work. <laughs> I see Fury. I got your message on Patreon. I was going to read it, but he put it in the live motherfucking chat anyway. This is awesome. My episode 16 summary, Athelred is now Athel dead, poisoned by his mummy. Bjorn with Harold, Ivar's still boneless, and Hitzok thinks he's the Swami. <laughs> good job. Good poetic. I don't know if that was a haiku, but the good poem right there. And also, at the beginning of tonight's show, I'm not one usually for these type of things, but these are two performers that actually meant something to me growing up. So I have to say a huge rest in peace to Mean Gene. And another thing, Mean Gene Oakland. Another thing to uh, Mr. Mean Gene Oakland. Thank you for entertaining me and being the best at what you fucking did, Mean Gene. And, of course, to Mr. Uh, Bob Einstein, a.k.a. Marty Funkhauser, a.k.a. Super Dave Osborne, who made me laugh on this earth more times than I wish to imagine. So, both you guys, uh, th not that you can hear me now, but thanks for the fucking laughs, dudes. And, you know, I appreciate that. And I just want to take a moment... To say that today. Anyways, blah 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 blah. Now the Alfred Ubi relationship is amazing, says VLJ. A VLG, excuse me, not J. I'm so over the Alfred and Littlefinger make Alfred Littlefinger makeup. <laughs> I think he looked cooler with the long hair. I mean, obviously. But I, I think he it just suited his character more. This look is it's a little too modern or a little too Littlefinger. It's like when Felicity cut her hair. Long live Alfred. Santovia Major in the live motherfucking chat. VLG. Great to see you. Long live King Alfred. May he reign forever. I love the Joffrey-like moment with Athelred when Athelred's face was turning Athelred. Bob Einstein, it, Officer Judy, Mean Gene Oakland. Yeah, to, to, seriously, like, no... And I don't, uh, I don't often stop and talk about this stuff. I think the last one I really made a huge deal for was like Leonard Nimoy and stuff. But super day, both these people, Mean Gene. If you were a kid my age and you grew up in the '80s and you watched all that shit, Mean Gene is like the, and it's with all sports and everything. Mean Gene's the guy. He was the best. You know, you, you don't get better than Mean Gene fucking Okerlund at what you do in work and in life. If I'm half as good, if I'm a quarter as good at anything I do as Mean Gene was in that job, fuck all. And Super Dave, holy shit. I mean, he's what, when I was a kid, he's what made me want to be a stuntman because I wanted to be like a clumsy, goofy-like stuntman. His, he, he was just a walk a walking cartoon. And then he continued to be funny through pretty much everything he's in. And then he's amazing on Curb, your enthusiasm if you're a fan of that. Okay, so enough, enough of that. 
Mm-mm-mm. He was either oh he was great as a surrogate. He he's great everything he pops up. Every time he pops up, he's fucking awesome. What, what did I do here? I, I fucked with my shit. I don't want to fuck with my shit here. Mean Gene was like was the was the interview. He was the guy in the end who was always interviewing the wrestlers, like sitting there being like, "So Hulk Hogan, how do you feel tonight before tonight's fight? Rand, Macho Man Randy Savage, how do you feel?" Oh yeah, Macho Madness is gonna rule the world. Oh yeah, me and Miss Elizabeth are gonna go out there. Oh yeah, <laughs> and snap some motherfucking Slim Jims. How how's that feel, uh, Randy Savage? Randy Savage, how do you feel that Hulk Hogan said you don't have any testicles? Well, you know something, Mean Gene. He was basically the straight man to all the wrestlers going with their craziness. So it was always about Mean Gene kind of keeping everyone directed and, and keeping everyone focused. It was uh, fun shit. Fun shit. Anyways, Mean Gene. Alfred Sideburns make him look a little bit like Elvis. Uh, Alfred needs to wait until needs to wait until he's older to get the short haircut. <laughs> Judith Tiger Mom, founder of House Lannister. Holy shit! Yes, yeah, uh, yes, he was the bald guy in the tux. He he had like a mustache, mustache and beard thing, and he was uh he's bald. He was shaped. He almost looked like Mr. Peanut. <laughs> looked a little bit like me. Yeah, Gene was the straight man, the table man in the business. Bob Einstein. Really, I did not know Bob Einstein is Albert Brooks's brother. I that. In my best uh, Dana Carvey doing Johnny Carson. I, um, I, I did not know that. That was not my best, but it, it got the point across. But I didn't know that. Uh, Albert Brooks, another funny son of a bitch. What a funny family. Fuck. Did they ever do anything together? Anyways, okay. Blah, blah, blah. So, very fun. Very fun episode. And I agree with going back to Alfred. Why did he cut his hair? I guess it was to show the maturity to kind of go through that moment because... Long hair equals immaturity. immaturity. <laughs> so you need to uh, you need to cut the hair to grow up is what you need to do. You know, cut your hair and grow up. So it's just a psychological thing. So maybe they chose to design him that way by having him when he when he's when he's putting his king hat on, needing to have a short head. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Sorry guys, it's been it's been a rough day. It's been a rough day. I'm, uh. I didn't know that till today. It is crazy. I, I honestly did not know that Albert Brooks and Bob Einstein were brothers. That That's crazy. Uh, Albert Brooks, uh, amazing talent. One, one of the funniest people to ever walk this earth as well. Uh, if pe people haven't seen the movie, it's an, it's an older movie, but it's very funny. It's He's in a lot of funny movies, but Defending Your Life is one of my favorite movies with him and who else is in that movie? Well, I know who else is in that movie. I just been blanking on her name and I don't want to spend time trying to think of it right now. Okay. So blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Good episode of Vikings. Let's not waste any more time and let's get into this shit. Let's do it. Let's touch it. Let's push it. Let's get the fucking audio. Oh, and I forgot to mention, if anyone wants to call and leave a voicemail in tonight, you can do that at 781-990-8509. Again, that's 781-990-8509. Telephone or text on in and leave a message if you want to make sure you get your voice in the in the, in the the show or you can throw it in the live. Motherfucking chat if you're watching this live. We got a happy new year message from the wonderful Paul Q. Happy new year from Paul Q, you fucking Reva. I believe Albert Brooks is Marlon in Nemo. Yes. I, I guess I'm I'm not the best at voice actors in, in movies and stuff, but I'm pretty sure. He's also in Weeds. I mean, he's in a lot of stuff, and I'm just, it's like the first things that are pop, popping in my head. He plays uh, 
their uncle in weeds at one point in time. Uh, he's just he's he's in a lot of shit. He was on Saturday Night Live, or it wasn't Saturday Night. He used to be a stand-up com- comedian and blah blah blah. blah. I don't want to I don't want to start remembering things off the top of my head and what Albert Brooks was in, but he's been in a lot. He's been in a lot. Uba looks older than Lagatha does, and yes, he still has long hair. <laughs> so let's not waste any time. As I was saying, let's get into this shit. Let's play this. Let's get into this recap. Ah, audio problems. Okay, ah, okay. Well, I'd play the song longer, but you guys could probably hear that. Have <laughs> some audio problems. I've ordered an adapter that will solve the audio problems, but it's not arriving till Friday, so you have to deal with a little static. Ah. The long hair explanation pertains to Phil's life, I think, because it makes no sense. <laughs> um, no, I think there was some, I think there's something to that. Uh, maybe it does pertain to my life a, a little bit, but not really. I've, de- I've definitely heard that a couple times when people are frustrated. Just cut your fucking hair, get a job. Do this. You know, not that I don't have a job, but I'm just saying, like, you know, to that effect, like, you know, cut your hair, grow up. But no, hair length has nothing to do with that. But I think from a psychological standpoint, when you dress a character, if you have him have an adult, quote unquote, adult haircut, it makes him look a little bit older where that that hair that he had is more attributed to kids, I guess. I don't know. I possibly am full of shit, but I I actually wasn't double meaning that about myself. I could make it about myself. (laughs) That's more about that's more about. uh, Hmm. Dressing in pajama bottoms and shit like that, you know? <laughs> what are you doing? Dressing in pajama bottoms and going out. Uh, yes, you look so cute with short hair. Oh, thank you. We get the retired nurse who's actually someone who's seen me with short hair. <laughs> who remembers me back in the day with, uh, with, my, with my shaved head. Yes. Uh, retired nurse has seen all of the all of the different different ways of which my hair can go. <laughs> Long hair wasn't a problem in those times, Phil. Oh no, rest in peace, Bob Einstein, Marty Funkhauser, and Super Dave will always be remembered. Keep it going, everybody. If you're popping on in here tonight, uh, send the love to Super Dave Osborne, Mister Mister Bob Einstein, and also to me and Gene Oakland. Entertainer hair versus accountant hair. Oh, thank you, retired nurse. Yeah, Phil, get a haircut, you eight-year-old. <laughs> so yeah, I'm probably full of crap with the with the Alfred thing. Just um, trying trying to explain why they decided to do that. I tend just, but for the record, I agree with you. I think he looked, I think he looks better or looked better with the long hair, with the with the fake mustache and the look with the short hair. I don't think it quite fits him yet. Someone said it in the chat earlier. Probably should have waited till he aged up a little bit more before you cut his hair. But whatever. Do people still yell, get a haircut, a hippie? I'd say a couple times a year. <laughs> I'll get that. Not often. A couple times a year, someone will go, cut your hair, you hippie. It's like when you go to a show and you play in a band and someone yells, play, uh, what was it? Play Freebird. <laughs> you don't hear that that often. A couple times every once in a while. Yeah, retired nurse saw all, saw all of me. Hey, wait, wait. Get your mind out of the gutter, Bernie. <laughs> but yes, she has. She's 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 seen me for a long time. Uh rest of development too. I love when you I love when you're full of crap, Phil. Oh, then that's why you love this show. <laughs> that explains a lot. 
But uh, yeah, Arrested Development 2 in tons of shit. If we have time at the end, maybe I will pull up his IMDb and kind of go through it and everything he's been in. But uh, but I guess most well known for Super Dave Osborne. And also as a kid, he he was he was he was uh, he was he made his success way early on. And I'm sure you'll hear a lot about it now. Unfortunately, after someone passes is when a lot more stuff comes to light about them. But about, oh, let's let's relook at them and celebrate them and blah, blah, blah. Let's celebrate them while they're fucking alive. Come on. And I did last year. He's still he's still great on Curb. And a lot of people that follow Curb Your Enthusiasm were reintroduced to him. And he also had a funny appearance on – a couple of funny appearances on some interview programs. I believe he was on The Comedians in Cars, you know, redundant drinking coffee and all that crap. And uh, I think he was on – yeah, I want to say he was on an, a What the Fuck episode and a Norm, McDon- Norm McDonald uh, interview show episode. Mm. Blah, 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 blah. Let's continue. This episode opens up with the bishop and lags or, – or that Lagatha – Watches the bishop die. Then Bjorn heads in to talk to Uba and Torby, and they talk about, we gotta find Lagatha. Then Alfred talks to the Vikings about honoring the pledges and giving Uba the land and Bjorn the land that was promised to Ragnar, even though the grandfather shit-talked them. And, and Bjorn calls him out on it. He says, listen, remember what happened last time all this happened? You killed all our guys. And Alfred's like, listen, my big king hand pimp is gonna protect all of you bastards. Don't you worry. You saved my ass here. I'm going to save your ass here. No one's going to fuck with you. The people are there. They're nice. They're going to be wary of you, but you don't have to worry. No danger. No danger. K. Rich says, long hair was more uh, medieval times for men was more standard than not. Uh, David fucking Letterman. Uh, yes, was a, was a surrogate George Booth with the camera helmet. <laughs> He's a jet. <laughs> Great fucking shit. Great shit. Paul Q, great to see you in the live chat. They shaved heads on military campaigns to cut down on lice. Gross. <laughs> I, I want to say gross, but cool. So Bjorn says the last time this should happen, Alfred's like, yeah, my big king Pimpan's going to protect you. And he welcomes him as an ally and friends. And Alfred has more business and they arrest all the traitors. Sans his brother. People yell at him. His brother is not taken. His brother just kind of like, eh, eh, look at it. Doesn't really react too much. Uba's happy over the lands. Apple and his wife are getting ready to do it. So we go off to Harold at York, arriving with Magnus, who's just jumping around like a little chihuahua, like, ah, I'm, I'm Ragnar Lothric's son. And, and some guy comes up to find here, and he's like, I don't believe you lost. You've lost twice. You're a two-time loser. I don't like failures. And fine hair is like, you, Harold's like, well, this dude reminds me of a young, you remind me of a younger version of myself. And to paraphrase what happens... Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Turns into a fight. Kills the guys. Gives a speech. Says, oh, by the way, I have Ragnar's son with me. Harold gives a huge speech about building his empire. Magnus loves it. It's cheesy as hell, and it's beautiful. So I I love this shit, too. Lagatha is visiting the gods. So did Lagatha leave because she was injured and upset about the Bishop Batman dying? Uh, I don't know. I think... I'm going to be such the asshole answer. Lagatha left because they couldn't figure out anything decent to do with her character. So they need to they need to write her out for a while so they can figure out a good way to conclude her storyline. I think, truth be told, that's why Lagatha's gone. But I think why she left 
essentially in the story. I'm going with she saw the bishop dies. Everything in her life at that point had led up to living for him and for their connection and to see that and to see him possibly go to hell because of her, even though she doesn't necessarily 100% believe he believes. I think she's just going on walk about to die, you know, kind of like when a when a when a male cat hides from everybody, so so old before it dies and protects itself and just kind of buries it in, you can't find it. I think Lagatha, in a sense, is doing that. She's saying, "I have nothing else to do." She she's she's speaking for the speaking for the story the storyline here. No, but I think that's what it is. I think she, what her the last time she was going to do this, she. Even though she doesn't look it, she probably feels like she's old and going to pass away soon. So why not do it on her own and and not get into this madness again? Lagatha left so she can direct future episodes. Iceland has become Dorn. So Sand Snakes. Dude, I agree with you. And I'm not even going to say you a mean nostalgia. Yeah, I did a better job last time pronouncing your name, but whatever. Uh for the most part, I 100% agree with you. The only thing I liked in the Iceland stuff again is in this is I like Floki's performance. But to go with your Dorn comparison, I still like Jamie and Braun that's half season. It's everything else. It's you still have cool characters in a shitty situation. So I think the Dorn thing is very fucking accurate. That's a good way of describing the Iceland situation this season of Vikings. It's very Dorn like. Except for you know what? The Sand Snakes are more interesting characters than anyone we get in Iceland. Yeah, I said it. Two tears in a bucket. Fuck it. I mean, I don't care. that I can remember their names. I remember their Ninja Turtle weapons. You know, one has a whip. One has knives. One has boobs. I, I mean, I know what they do. I know exactly what they do. I know, th I know their names if I really thought about it. And I generally, like, understand their personalities as characters. You know, you have you have the one – well, I don't want to get into this, but you, I get their personalities. The, the Iceland stuff, I don't know about any of those people, and I don't care. <laughs> so, so I'm going to say worse than Dorn. I'm going to say Iceland's worse than Dorn. At least, at least, like I care, I care about Doctor Bashir. I care about Doran, uh, Duran. But they, I mean, they fucked him all up. I like Aria Hoda as a character. They fucked him all up. But I and I like Jamie and Broad. But but I think you're, I think you're very, I think you're very on to something. You N. <laughs> Weak man will never rule Iceland again. <laughs> if that means we won't see her again see her anymore. I'm good with that, Sissantonio Major. She's not wearing that gray wig. Not to die. <laughs> oh my goodness. Great stuff. Lo Floki is wasted. Yep, and, and that's the thing. He... S tonight, I was reminded of some of the charm of Floki's character. Or that's been missing for a little bit since some of this Iceland stuff has been a sludge. A slog. And I... He was good in this episode. He was bubbly. He had Floki. He was like, I am Floki. Oh. Like he had that little twist to his voice, the Flokiness that's been missing. So he felt like himself in tonight's episode. And I was starving for a long time and someone handed me a fucking TV cracker of Floki. And I'm like, oh, it tastes pretty good. But but I don't know anyone else's characters' names. I don't know who they are. I know one dick and another dick and dick, dick one, dick two. Electric Boogaloo. 
the gods got to show up in Iceland. We know more than one character. Iceland should be better as its attack haven. Uh, she's a cat. She's a cat in the hat. Edge actually got some lines tonight. Too bad I don't give a fuck what he had to say. Yeah, I understood his character a little bit more. He's, I guess he's a guy that Floki told us what he's like. He's a guy that believed that has to dream. No, we learned a little bit about him tonight. Yes, we did. You're right. We learned that he's a dreamer. You know I'm a dreamer when my heart begins. I'm on my way home, sweet home. Am I really singing? Oh my God! I can't believe I can't believe my head went to that song. Jesus. Floki needs back to Kattegat now. No, the WWE wrestler Edge. Oh, okay. I thought that was the name of the cat. No, isn't the same guy. It's the guy in Floki's number one guy. Is that the is that the the wrestler? Can't Floki's Westworld character land in Iceland to pop things up? Don't ask me what his name is in the show. So is the okay? Is Floki's number one the guy that was that he was to talking to in an earlier scene when he said we need to go and save these? We need to go save these people, right? Right. 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 Like the guy he was talking to that said, I'm a dreamer and uh, I need to always believe. Like that guy. Is that the wrestler? Is that the edge? Or is it the guy from U2? <laughs> Anyways. So <laughs> he says, he said, fuck it. No, he said, did my mother get taken in front of you? She says, I know nothing. I'm a Jon Snow. Oh, okay, so we go to Bjorn and Uba asking about how Lagatha can just disappear. Uba's like, I know Lagatha. And Bjorn's like, shut the fuck up, Uba, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> your mo my mom killed your mom. No way you like Lagathas. <laughs> and I like this scene a lot. Excuse me. I'm making fun of it, but I think for my money, not that I have much money, but for my money, I would say that for my money, excuse me, the relationship between Bjorn and Uba is my favorite dynamic of the Ragnar brothers. The left on the show. Uh, I mean, I guess I like, I like to, <laughs> I missed the joke because I'm laughing at my own shit. Uh, I like, the, I like Ivar and that other dude when he killed him. But, but I think Uba and and Bjorn have some chemistry and when they come at each other and and talk and bam, bam, bang heads a little bit, it, it makes sense. And they, they feels like we have some weight to it. So Bjorn asks Uba about lags and, and Bjorn's like, you hated her. She killed your mother. There's no way you know her. And then Torvi steps up and is like, Bjorn, I love Lagatha. I know Lagatha. She's awesome. She'll be back. She'll be back. Floki's gone from Joker to Dr. Freeze and Batman. <laughs> stop. Stop it, Joe. My heart is as cold as ice. <laughs> Everyone thought of Jon Snow at that moment. <laughs> yes, Big Nose. Okay, the Big Nose guy equals Edge the Wrestler. Okay, awesome. Yes, his name is Adam Copeland. Adam Copeland. Thank you, Jordy Jedi and Centovia Major. I know the good people, the bad people, and the Floki in Iceland. Edge cannot carry a scene, says UN. And Centovia says, yep, rated ah, superstars. Superstars. Superstar. Okay, I'm, I'm <laughs> pain equals pleasure today. Okay, so Floki is la oh no, where are we? Okay, so so yeah, Bjorn, you hated my mother. 
So then Judith, we go to Judith and Alfred, where Judith basically says to Alfred, you need to kill your brother. You, you handled everybody. You handled all your problems, but one problem. You have a big goddamn red, an Athel red problem. And he's, uh, he is not hearing any of it. He's, he's like, listen, I love, I told, I just love my brother. I love my brother or my brother saved my life on the battlefield and I'm not killing him. I'm not doing it. I, I, I'm choosing to forgive my brother. And Judith just says, listen, no, you can't do that. You got to kill him. Well, you got to talk to him at least. Did you talk to him? Did you did you get him to explain to you what the hell he was thinking? Did you did you you know you did you debrief him? And Alfred's just like, no, mom, like no, I didn't. Fuck you. He's my brother. I love him. <laughs> or his attitude is just he's he's very much well. I forgave him. You could just tell Alfred has, or they're trying to appeal that Alfred has a has a warm heart still at this point, and. And wants to forgive his brother and can't quite put himself in that place to have to, to have to off him. And it, it feels good. It feels good. It feels good. It feels good. And for a moment, you think that like, I didn't think in the moment that, well, OK, Judith is going to kill him. But it did occur to me a little bit. I was like, is the show going to really gonna go here? Is Judith going to kill him? Hmm. Or. I thought that maybe this would come back to haunt him. Maybe Judith would get to Alfred and eventually convince him to have to do something about it. But I generally really like the way this was handled on the show. I'll say it again. I tried to say it to I tried to say it to Joe the other night. I I do like the Alfred stuff. I think everything dealing in Wessex has been very good this half a season. I think the actors killing it in that role. I think Judith has stepped up in these last couple of episodes when they have given her stuff to do. I did not like the actor that played Athelred at first. He has grown on me. I loved his performance, and he will be missed. I like him better than friggin' what an Athelwolf a couple seasons ago, whatever, that douchebag. Uh, I, I think I like this guy better uh, that just died tonight. The guy got killed by the bee. I, I never really liked that actor. So Judith and Stannis should get together. The, I was saying that, Bernie. It's funny you say that. I mentioned that earlier. The the winner of the Stannis Baratheon Parent of the Year Award goes to Judith. They don't even give that award out every year. I mean, you have to you have to really push to get this the Stannis Baratheon Parent of the Year Award. And fucking Judith gets it tonight. No, Robert. Every time I see your name in the live chat, it makes me feel all sexy. Hi, Robert. <laughs> Good to see Robert. I don't know why. That's my is that my sexy voice? Is that your sexy voice? Yeah, it's my sexy voice. That's not a very good sexy voice personality. So kill, 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 Jason Voorhees in the live motherfucking chat. We're going to get Jason on the wheel. You're going to get the, get a phone call from Jason or call Jason, the Jason hotline. We're going to make sure we get that going or at least get some, uh, we'll find a way. We'll find a way to do that. Hello, Lady Dreamfire. Buddha in the house. Bro, they always they're always in a strike. I would go back in and see if Boneless was fucking here. I want to see him go back to the Boneless. Judith and Phil should stay together. Let's stay together. Judith and me forever. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Awful. Awful shit. Okay. So ASMR me to completion, Phil. That was definitely a good sexy voice. Judith was so sad her son still had his teeth. 
Hey, Jordy the Jedi. He was great when he rescued the girl. He was a total badass. Aethel Dead's least overacted scene was the one where he choked and face plants in the seat at the table. Athel Dead's. I love Athel Dead. That's a great name. And I agree. That was that was uh that was he didn't overact that. He played that he played that really well. Uh they should have uh t Tarantino the Iceland scenes, at least to give it some mist. Aether Red was right. Uh what kind of mother is she? Damn. Katie Kova in the live motherfucking chat. Are they trying to make Judith like Cersei? Uh, I think there was some element of that to in in last week's. I'm almost seeing more 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 uh, Floki, more Ivar's wife, Freya's. Or is, I keep fucking up her name, Fre Freya's or whatever her name is. I see her more as they're playing off to be the Cersei. Uh, Judith, I see what you're saying with the cutthroat thing, but I think I don't know if I don't know if Cersei would. No, well, I guess Cersei probably would do that. If Tommen, it's a good. This is a question. Good question. If Tommen, if she suspected Tommen was trying to kill Joffrey, would she kill Tommen to protect Joffrey? Hmm. Yes, I think she would. I think she would. I think she would. She would have killed Tommen and Marcella to protect to protect Joffrey. So I guess. I guess. I guess. I see that. Apple red is apple dead. How long is the middle school going to let you keep filming in their basement for? Not much longer. To be honest with you, Mike, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm out, out of here by uh, the summer. Okay, so <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they'll let me be here until, uh, until after Game of Thrones season is what I'm hoping. <laughs> Athelstan would not have approved Judith. <laughs> what up, Mike? Great to see Mike. Did you catch? catch Athelred's line to Judith about go make some porridge. <laughs> we don't need no stinking porridge. We don't need no badgers. We don't need no stinking badgers. How could she kill her own son? Even if he plotted to kill his brother, he didn't. I I think she is going to get in some form of trouble with Alfred. I don't think Alfred is going to handle this situation well. I think he's going to be upset that she acted without his merits, without his his orders, without his merits, without his support on this. He had given her his order. She's going to play that he doesn't realize how he was talking to the nobles. But that's even bullshit. He was just fucking with his mother to a certain extent. I don't think he was going to make a play for the crown. I think he would always try to be supportive of his brother. I don't, And that's a different question. Did Judith make the right move? Personally, I don't think so. I see that Athel Red, Athel Dad. I think he would have always come up on the side of protecting his brother. He would have always had a problem with it, challenged him to a certain extent, but I think I think he would have always been on his side. And as long as Alfred was healthy, he would have pushed as him as king and backed him up. I could be wrong about that. And I'd love to hear other people's opinions on that if they think Judith did the right thing. I think Judith did his cold fucking blood and it was great television, great TV. She can do that all over again. But I do think she acted a little bit prematurely because she's a little, a little, a little, uh, I was going to say gun shy, but that, no, gun happy, a little trigger finger, itchy trigger finger. <laughs> Reddy's daddy. Reddy. Reddy's daddy. 
who already said it. <laughs> we got fandom D Saint in the live motherfucking chat. 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 My words are, my diction is horrible tonight. Um, the la, tonight. <laughs> live motherfucking chat. <laughs> Broke black man 94. Flying poodles. <laughs> Jordy. <laughs> if no one else got my UHF reference, thank you so much. Oh, if he is anything like his father, he's going to be very upset. I think he's, he, you're going to see a lot of the Athelstan in him after this. And he is not going to react to this situation well. I'm just curious how far he would go. Would he imprison his mother for doing something like this? Or is it going to be, I'm not talking to you for a while? Or he just, just, you're dead to me, mom, kind of thing? I don't know. I'm very curious to see how how Athelstan, how Alfred reacts to all of this. Judith has only one heir, so not surprising. Uh, so even though Athelded said he would stand behind Alfred, Judith killed her star quarterback son in favor of her sickly and artsy son. Social critique, Lady Dreamfire. But I still think that the fam, that the farm thing with Uba and Torva is not a good idea. They will get burned in the end. I just know it. I wonder, I wonder, Alfred, the interesting thing about Alfred to really look at him as a character and not looking into the history and I'm not looking at the other show that deals with this character that I haven't watched yet. From what I know from this character on this show is that his father is Athelstan and so he has a warmth about him. And all that goes with the Athelstan of it all. The applesauce of it all. Oh, I miss calling him applesauce. I miss applesauce. And then he has Eckbert. You can't look past the Eckbert. The manipulator. Knowing how to play people. Knowing all angles. Everything that we saw in Eckbert. Taking all those skills. All those talents. And merging it with the warmth in the heart of Athelstan. So someone like that will only go so far. Someone like that will try to be a good person, but when you push them to the edge, they're going to turn on that manipulation and use their niceness, which is genuine, to their advantage to manipulate you. That's one of the biggest misconceptions. When someone's a nice guy, you're like, oh, he's nice. He can't manipulate you. That's not true. The manipulation, the good people can manipulate you the most because they know how to really elicit trust. Someone's just a fucking bastard and they don't know how to deal with people and they try to manipulate you. You can see it coming a mile away. When you're fucked is when it's a generally good person that gets in there and is like, hey, hey, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I really care. And you can feel the care because they really do care. They convince themselves they care and then they can fuck you even more. And I think that's where we might be going with Alfred and the Vikings in this situation. I think he believes he wants to help, but eventually, and that we've seen him do it before, he will use his nice niceties for a manipulation tactic. And if they don't help him when he needs them again, shit might go down differently there. Again, I could be wrong. The Vikings could raise families and be all happy, hippy trippy there, but I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily sing that being without its issues. Mm. Oh, applesauce. I love my applesauce. <laughs> Judith will be demoted to the house of de the house dentist. I remember how much better this show was back then. 
I don't trust it. If Ekber was alive today, he'd have a leather jacket, turtleneck, and a chain. Alfred only gave Judith permission to talk to Athel dead, Red. He had forgiven his brother, and she knew it. He's not going to be happy. The English never would have accepted the Vikings as neighbors, says Lady Dreamfire. And I think that's something, uh, two excellent points all around by our live motherfucking chat. Santovia Major to Santovia's question comment alfred only gave judith permission to talk to Athelred. had he for he had forgiven his brother and she knew that he's not going to be happy and i'll go a step further to, or to add to that he all there also not much new information has come out what new information had did she get that she needed to make that move i mean oh oh sorry what what that he was talking and calming the ca- calming the nobles down while Alfred was sick. Alfred probably would have wanted him to do that if he had if he had the power to order him to do that. Everything he did was within the rules. It was only a vibe she got. She said it in that scene when he was sitting there dying. You will always pop up and have these instincts to be a problem. I think she said it a little bit more succinctly than that. But I think her impl- implication was, even though you might not consciously want to fuck with things, you're always going to be pushed to because the people like you better than they like Alfred. So they're always going to try to push you as you should have been king. And that's too much for any person to ask for some for people to say that to you. And it's kind of... This is where I'm talking myself into it. It's kind of true. If you're, if you're can be like the greatest thing in the world or something, the greatest thing in the world, the, the king of the whole world, I guess in this world, the greatest thing in the world, <clears throat> and you were passed over, essentially actively passed over by your parents and your, gran- your grandparents or your grandfather and your, and your mom, that you couldn't be king. You were the man that was supposed to be king. And you try to get on board with your brother. You love your brother. Like, you really love your brother. But he's suddenly in charge of you. And he's your young brother. He's your young, sickly brother that's making mistakes in your mind. But you're, you're trying to support him. Every day, someone's going to turn to you and go, you know what? You should totally be the lead singer of this band. <laughs> you, know, this, you know, this band was so much better when you were singing songs. I mean, I'm just saying. Just saying. Just saying, dude. Used to be a star. In these movies, you should be in the lead role. You know? People do that. They do it. Even no matter what. No matter what. No matter how happy and content people are, there's someone with you bitching about how you could do the other job better. You could do the thing better. Blah, 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 blah. It just happens like that. And people are going to be whispering to his ear. Be little evil, evil Jiminy Crickets all on his shoulders, whispering to him his whole fucking life. And how many opportunities, how many times is he going to have to flick it off before finally he's just like, stay the fuck there. You're right. You're right. You're right. This guy's an asshole. You know, Alfred sucks and there's nothing good about him and we need to overthrow him. The king is weak. And I think that's what's happening here with Judith is she's seeing several moves down the road and saying, and saying, it's a, it's a mercy. It's a mercy. He's just going to suffer. So I think there's two reasons why she's doing it. I think she, in her mind anyways, in her Stannis Baratheon Parent of the Year award, there's two reasons why she's doing it. She's doing it to protect her son, Alfred, who she's trying to destroy any possible 
any possible challenges to his leadership. And I think she's doing it for her other son, too, Athelded, to make sure that he doesn't have to deal with this shit anymore. That he'll never have to deal with having to feel like he's the man that should have been king. Putting him out of his misery. She manipulated things so that Alfred was named king over her brother, so she was still manipulating things. Judith is so shook. Judith is so shook night and getting rid of her son. Say it with me, fam. Judith is a treacherous hoe, says Santovia Major. If you only if you only knew the power of the dark side, says Judith's favorite fatal flaw is that she thinks she's smarter than she is. And I think if you only knew if you only knew the true power of the dark side has an excellent point there that I think the chickens are come come to roost, Bobby Boucher. I think the chickens are gonna come to roost, Bobby Boucher, and Alfred's gonna really react to this very poorly, and she is going to think she made a smart move here, and she really broke her trust with Alfred, and she'll never get in his good graces in the way that she was before then. She's gonna be out of his circle of trust. Yes, Paul Q. <laughs> I agree with that. Judith is a MILF. A MILF. A MILF? What's a MILF? I don't even want to know. I don't even want to figure that acronym out. Uh, if you only knew the true power of the dark side. She destroyed Alfred's greatest weapon. Yes, exactly. And also, because of his situation, because of him being a little pissed off he's not king, it created even better bulldog of a cat of a of a chess piece for him to have in the upcoming wars to come uh, and i think long term judith did not think this through excuse me did not think this through judith and excuse me while i take this quick moment of silence for judith Overflow. Oh, Athelred's Athel dead. Athelred's Athel dead, dead, dead as disco. Okay. Uh, oh. Vikings is not a historically is not historically accurate. It is, and it is not. It is not, and. Uh, there's a wonderful video, or lots of awesome videos, that this gentleman has done. Uh, History Buffs, Nick Hodges, does a great uh, Vikings episode where he talks a little bit about some of the comparisons to early Vikings seasons and the historical accuracies. It used to be a lot more. It's always been a, a interpretation of it, of mixed with lore, mixed with history, but they used to pay a lot more attention to staying more true to stuff than they have in recent seasons. But if you haven't already, definitely check out the History Buffs Vikings stuff and also all Nick's work on the History Channel Vikings podcast. So uh, he had a wife. He doesn't need... Oh, yeah, he has a wife now. He doesn't need Judith. And I think, I think that's going to be a big point of contention or that's going to happen in this t particular section of the next episode next couple of episodes when Alfred finds out he is going to he is going to 
push his mother away because of this. I don't think she's going to kill Judith or imprison her, even though I think he probably should imprison her at least for a little bit to to, to kind of make it a point of how how poor of a mistake this was. And or to him, how he feels like this was a mistake and not something he wanted. So I hope I hope something big happens. But I think he'll at least push her away and probably keep his wife more as his counsel rather than Judith moving forward. The actress that plays Judith is 29, doesn't clo- doesn't come close to qualifying for a MILF. That's why I paused when someone said she was when uh, she, someone said when Pog said she was a MILF. I'm like I like on the show, maybe the age she's supposed to be in real life, she's yeah, she's a fucking she's twenties. She's in her twenties. Great to see Hannibal motherfucking O'Neill in the live chat. Mingi73 uh said his wife he has, uh he has his wife now he doesn't need you Judith Mingi I I your new name in here so Mingi uh great to see you in the live motherfucking chat or if I've missed you in the past welcome 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 for joining the silliness I don't know why I put on that voice right now but <laughs> great to see Hannibal in the live chat no <laughs> uh, UN sorry my beer is in the way of the live chat how will season how will season 6 end given where we are now do we see Athel Alfred's successor, including the real Athelstan, real Alfred's grandson? I don't know. That is the biggest question. With Vikings and all the time that they pushed forward, I'm very curious if the end of season five will be the end of the Ragnar's kids storyline and season six will be all new characters again. I think the one benefit of the no Ragnar thing is where you have a star, like a main star, now that you have several several big players rather than one main star you can at any point in time clear the deck and have all new people and, and kind of push the story all very much forward and the, and then lagatha will still be alive looking 20 why do they have hitsock learning about buddha Are they preparing hitsock to become the new seer possibly i see fury i think i think maybe just to get him to do something a little bit more interesting to give him a storyline so let me zip through a little bit here uh, to catch up a little bit where we are in the episode. So a hooded figure watches as a dude gets hu- gets hung and he says death to the king. Then we come back on Floki and Floki sees food. He's goofy Floki. He hears a bark and they run out and they find a guy who's got really bad frostbite who's from the group that they sent out. His people are dying and he's like, Obi-Wan Floki, you're my only hope. And Floki cuts off his fingers and the dude likes it. <laughs> no. Then Athelred's brother and Judith, I mean Athelred and uh, Judith meet, and she's like, "Listen, I know." And he goes, "You know what?" He goes, "I know. Just tell me. You, I know. I know what happened." And uh, where's the brute squad? I am the brute squad. You are the brute squad. He, he says, "She says, oh, stop, or I'll get the brute squad." He says, "I am the brute squad." That's better. So she's. He says, "Listen." He explains to her pretty much exactly what happened. I mean, he doesn't mince words. He he makes himself out a little bit better than than he could be in the sense that didn't they plan his death? Weren't they going to kill him? Uh, and he says, oh, it was going to be with no bloodshed. I'm, so I still think he kind of fibbed a little bit. Or I could have just had a misconception when they were originally talking about the plan. I thought the plan was to kill Alfred and then kidnap the mother and the, and the queen. But I don't know. Uh, maybe it was just to... Uh, to pull out the knives and and attack and kind of take him prisoner and stuff. But I I I had thought that it was to kill him. But whatever. So Athelred kind of plays it off that yeah, yeah, but I didn't do it. That's the important thing. I didn't do it. And she's like, well, okay, but 
you were involved. And she's like, oh, and he's like, no, 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 I'll never betray him again. Don't you worry. I'll never fucking betray him again. It's not fucking possible. Um, Blue Steel says, maybe Hitsuck will go recruit some Buddhist monk warriors to invade Takadiet. Ooh, that's interesting. I like that. Sintovia says, I see Fury. It's possible he could get it from his mother. Rollo's great-grandson is William the Conqueror. Uh, yeah, and I hope they get to that point, UN. That is true. And Mingi says, thank you. Nope, I've been here since Game of Thrones, going on two years, just under my real name is Kai. Oh, I know who you are. Okay, great to see you. Sorry if I, if I probably said your name drunk in some chat before, but... I don't care. Two years? Welcome to your two-year anniversary. We're almost getting ready to fucking celebrate the last seasons of Game of Thrones together. It's going to be fucking fun. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. It's going to be a fun season, fun year from now into the summer. It's, we're going to have a great deal of goofiness and good energy and silliness leading up to this final season of Game of Thrones. It's going to be a fun run. But great to see you, Mingy. Nah. Now, bad idea to save those people, fill the issues, guy. Looks like they'll wreak havoc again when they return. I think they got that from next week's preview. Hope now. No, they're, they're definitely fucking shit up. There was definitely a looming sense of, yep, we're, they're totally going to fuck shit up again. So, yeah, Hitsuck walks around, and he finds a little Buddha on the street. and he, or, he, or he finds this guy. He goes, what's the Buddha? And the dude laughs at him. It's fun, funny scene. I enjoyed it. Then we go to Ivar, who I actually really liked in this episode. Yeah, 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 Phil. You always say that about Ivar. You like Ivar and you suck. Yeah, I do suck. And I do like Ivar. But I thought... But I don't like all of his mannerisms and his acting choices. And I think sometimes he's way too over the top. Mm. Last episode was an example of it. Where I did not like Ivar at all in the last episode. This episode, I loved Ivar. He seemed like himself. He seemed like Ivar of last season. He seemed intelligent. He, he was talking about the chess game. But he was also not a focused character. And you were seeing him through Hitzuck's perspective. Again, as just like a gnat he could slap away. Wait, I don't have my sandwich. Smokey the Bear LaFlair. <laughs> I'm about to say... Let's, let's, let's pause for a, moment, for a second. Stop the show. Stop the show. Stop the show. S -s wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stop the execution. What is it this time, Alistair? Listen. <laughs> Two points to anyone who knows what that's from. Uh, so let's continue. Do Ragnar's kids remember Yoko Ono? I don't know. I think it, Bjorn probably would. Bjorn would remember Yoko. In the middle of a night, you give you heroin. Oh, Yoko. Judith is Ivar East this episode. I love that. It's a good way of saying that. Judith is Ivar East. Mm. Oh, so I know who you are, Kai. I think I know who Mingi is. I just don't recognize the name Mingi. Okay, so Judith is Ivar East of this episode. I love that. That is exceptionally amazing. <laughs> Well said. Okay, so Ivar wants to go back to England and play chess with Alfred again because he played as a kid. Remember that? Remember when they had him playing chess as kids? They're bringing that, bringing it back. They're bringing it all back. So then we go off to Ivar, who says his brother got interesting news. Harold was beat by Alfred and Bjorn and Lagath and Uber there, and, and it's like, so yeah, see, Lagath is not dead, idiot. See, see. So we go off to Alfred in church taking communion, and Uba's there too, and Torvi, and Alfred rides out with the group at 
to the lands that are in bad sh or that are in good shape. The king's there in the gift of the land. It's growable land. They can build crops. <clears throat> Bjorn looks weird, and Uba is excited. Then we see a green light, a vision of Iceland, and it's Floki talking to the kid, talking to the Edge about the people that about the kid that about everyone that's kicked out and that they need to help. And maybe we need to help. Maybe we need to bring these guys back. Do you think we need to bring these guys back? I don't know. Can people change? I don't know. People can't change. <laughs> That's a big question. Can people really change? Oh, God. I don't know. That's a, that's a different question altogether. That's a different show. I could do a whole show. Can people really change? No. <laughs> the answer is no. People will always revert to their true nature when pushed up against the wall. And these people are always going to be pushed up against the wall in this Iceland situation. So it's tough here. Should they let, should they have let these people die? I think Floki's instinct was to let them die. And I think he should have followed the instinct. I think it's going to cost him dearly when these people come back. I know it's horrible, but he should have let them die. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Alfred won Ivar zero in chess, just in case anyone's keeping it, keeping uh, keeping score. History of the world, no good guess though, very good guess, very good guess. It's a TV show. It was a kids TV show. That, that's my one hint from this, and I'll say it one more time. <laughs> Ready, aim. F wait a minute, wait a minute. Stop the execution. What is it this time, Alistair? I'll stop there before I get into the scene, but yeah, we'll see. See if anyone anyone knows what ridiculousity that is. But no, it's a television show, a kids' television show. Uh, I thought when Ivar found out about Ragnar's death, he destroyed that as chess pieces. Maybe he kept one. I see. He kept one just for days like this. Mama told him there'd be days like this. Judith might get kicked out of Europe or killed. Brian, I kind of, in a fucked up way, I hope. It goes that far. I hope they. I hope Alfred reacts that sternly about the situation because this isn't something to just put a slap on the wrist. She killed his top general, his number two, his number one. I mean, he. It's without his permission. She went against the king's order. She. What she did could be arguably just as bad on a level as what is what uh, Athelred did, because Athelred didn't go through with it. She went, she knew exactly what the king wanted and went against it because she reacted emotionally because of some of the stuff, her post-traumatic stuff to do with her ear and and her relationship with Eckbert and making sure she has to keep her promise to Eckbert and protect Alfred. So she'll sacrifice her own son's life to do it, her other son's life to do it. So it's it's weird parallel. And I think the actress that plays Judith is doing a really, really good job, in the, especially in these last two episodes where they've given her shit to do. Let's go. Mm -mm. Not the Princess Bride. Uh, but all the girls love Bjorn. I personally think Ubi's better looking. Uba is better looking. Um. Yes. Yes. I guess it's a type thing, though. All Ragnar's kids are different types. I know Timo would say that it would be Ivar. 
I think I've heard a few people say Hitzok as well, and and uh, there's definitely Bjorn fans and Uba fans as well. She poisoned her own son, bro. <laughs> Shit, you gotta get uh, she you, she's gonna go get crazy. She's gonna get crazy. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, but yes, bro, she he's gonna go crazy. He's gonna be really fucking upset about what happened. Uh, he was Eckbird's grandson too. Kick her out. Judith runs away, meets up with Lagatha, and they become Thalman and Louise. I like that. Sneaky Judith will never admit to killing her son. She will blame his wife or something. Ooh, I didn't even think about that, Lady Dreamfire. Ooh, I think you might be onto something. Judith might blame somebody else on the death. I could see that happening. I'm also... All up in the Walking Dead recaps from back. Okay, I know your fucking name now. I know exactly who you are. I know exactly who you are. <laughs> you're you're old school. You're 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 just you're someone's you're someone's face. I I know, but I don't know your name in the chat offhand. But yes, okay. I'm remembering now. My 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 stoner mind has had a has had a sprinkle of uh, a sprinkle of dew. Let's continue here. So we get the green light, Iceland, Floki, blah 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 blah. Floki, people can change. No, if I can change, you can change. We all can change. Alfred banishes Judas to Iceland. They were in the lands of North Anglia, I believe it's called, and all the Christians head into the church, and Bjorn and New Girl. Uh, who I forget her name. If anyone knows in the live chat, please throw it out there. But uh, Bjorn's new girl, and what the fuck's her name? I like her though. She's a great. She's a good good character. She she definitely has character to her. She he's Bjorn says I lost my dad and my mom, but here's my dad's dream coming true. Everything he wanted for us. How strange. I, you know, I'm not happy. And she comforts him, and then it's kissy time. So we get back to Wessex, and I forgot to mention earlier that Bjorn unties her. I think I skipped over that scene. Bjorn unties her and says, tell me, tell me what you know. And if you tell me what you know about this whole situation, about what happened to Lagatha, I'll let you go. And she says, I don't know anything. And he let her go anyways. And she slaps him across the face. And says, well, I'll talk to you later. Good stuff. <laughs> I'm good for blaming the wife. She was too happy at the idea of Alfred dying and becoming queen. Yeah, she, that was, she was a little too happy about that. I almost thought that he's... I think that symbolized kind of what I was talking about earlier, that everyone's always going to be pushing him to, oh, you're king next. You're king next. Not, Brun, not Brunhilde. Something else I can't remember. <laughs> so we go off to Hitzok who is quoting Buddha, telling his girl about it, and kind of making a joke, kind of not. And he goes, let's find out about Buddha later, and let's have some sex. <laughs> One of my favorite lines in the episode, because of how direct he was. You know, I want to try that sometimes, you know, when I'm in an argument with uh, with somebody. Be like, yeah, hey, you know, we're in an argument right now, but can we stop this right now and just have some sex? <laughs> okay. Okay, you're... We'll do that, but yeah, and they and they do it, bang, bang, bang. Gunhild, or I'm I'm destroying it, but thank you. <laughs> Not from Rocky Four, but good good guess, Hannibal. 
I'm going to tell you guys what the fucking stupid quote was from because it no one's I'm like the only person that remembers this show. It was a show. I'm going to give one more clue, I guess. A show on Nickelodeon. <laughs> Last clue. Show on Nickelodeon. Yes, he's my favorite character. Greg. Great to see Greg in the live motherfucking chat. She's going to lie. I believe that too. Gunshot is the one who hit Bjorn, right? Yes. I like her. I like her character. She's got, she's got some energy to her. Got a personality. Got a unique tone to her. To her, she's not cardboard cutout like some other characters that pop in and out sometimes on Vikings. I can actually understand who she is as a character. And I think they've done a pretty good job of introducing her, setting up the dynamic where we're going to have a problem with fine hair and Bjorn with her. It's not coming out of nowhere. They definitely had a, her have some moments with Harold and now kicking over to the Bjorn thing. Her and Bjorn have legitimate chemistry. It worked out. It felt natural. It didn't feel forced to me. And I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, golly. Blushing. Oh, God. Ow. Oh, you know what I got to do? I got to learn to tilt my head more this way when I talk. Otherwise, I notice this a lot. Like when I talk, I go like this. Mm. I got to go like this sometimes more. Mm. Just to even things out. I have to like make a considered effort to bend my head to the other direction sometimes. <laughs> it looks so unnatural. Like when I do this, it's like normal. It's like, hey, this is, yeah, this is me. But when I do this, I'm like, I feel weird now because this neck feels sad, feels strange. If you guys are listening to the audio cast right now, you're missing out. There's some visual action going on right now. Yep. Uh-huh. This is like when I jump around the room. <laughs> I'm stretching my neck. <laughs> but yes, if you're listening to the audio cast, why not come join us live sometimes? Subscribe to Fill the Issues Guy on YouTube so you can find out whenever I go live. And, or when YouTube decides to notify you whenever I go live. So you can watch us or every week after Vikings at about 10 30, 11 o'clock, usually closer to 10 30, especially now that Joe, I mentioned this. If people didn't watch the Joe and I end of the year cast that we did, Joe and I were very tired that night. It's like, if you watch it back, we're both kind of an extra slow motion the whole night. But anyways, we had a fun time doing it, but Joe has officially retired from Vikings. We will not hear Joe talk about Vikings anymore. So if you're excited about that, that's good. If you're not excited about that, that's good too. Uh, but Joe, Joe obviously will be back for other shows in the future. But uh, he, when when having to be faced with uh, talking about Vikings, he is uh, he's not eagerly anticipating it. So Joe is Joe has officially announced his retirement from the Vikings podcast. Who, which is funny because he's the one that got me to watch Vikings. But whatever. Uh, so I'll be alone for the foreseeable future, possibly having some guest hosts on occasionally with me, mm -mm -mm. but Joe is officially done with the Vikings. So if you want to hear Joe's final thoughts on the season, you can check out a very, uh, very tired, stony sandwichy, uh, podcast Joe and I did the other night together and look out for Joe to be back in January on Punisher and True Detective and some Orville stuff too. Yeah, Joe checked out. Joe's done. <laughs> Thalma and Louise. I definitely think they should be Thalma and Louise. I love how smoking the Baylor plays. Checking with the chat. Yeah, Harold got jealous of Bjorn in Gunchild. I I know it's not her name. I know it's not the pronounce. There's no C in there, but I'm gonna call her Gunchild because I think that sounds awesome. I think that's a really cool name. I know that's not the correct pronunciation, but I'm gonna call her Gunchild. Stopping for a quickie is always a good idea. It's never a bad thing. 
It's never a bad thing. I'm just awkward and I'm not always good at transitioning conversations. I need someone I need someone to make it so obvious that they're interested in that with me. Like slap me across the face with it. Literally in a couple of ways. And just be like, dude, it's okay for you to fuck me right now. And then and I'm like, oh, okay. Bleh. Otherwise, I feel like I perpetually feel like that awkward kid in junior high school that's like yawning to put my arm around somebody. And I'm really sensitive. Like if you touch me a little bit, I'm like, <laughs> so I need to like know it's all good for the full tilt boogie. <laughs> I need it's like in the fifth element. Not without my permission. You know, I need the permission. Phil is a real cartoon. I, I have my moments. I have my cartoon moments. I'm going to be a wrinkly cartoon in a couple of years. It's going to be fun. <laughs> but Joe checked out. Joe said it's all Ivar's fault. He did. He did. For people that checked it out, Joe's checking out. And it's mainly because of Ivar. He said he will come back if Ivar leaves the show. So Joe's not officially retired forever. If Ivar leaves the show, he, he will come back. I would love for King McKay to make guest appearances. Time zones are a bitch, but I will... King McKay is welcome anytime he wants to pop on in. Next time he's in the chat, I'll be I'll I'll force his ass on. But King McKay, I'm I'm getting you on. And if not, at the end of the season, hopefully King McKay can come on if uh or I'm definitely planning on having him on sometime during the Game of Thrones season as well. So we'll have an opportunity to talk a little bit of Vikings there too, as we did last time for a special patron bonus. You can uh, see somewhere on the patron page for anyone that has joined more recently. You can look back and see King McKay and I have a discussion about Vikings from uh, now since it was when Game of Thrones was on. It was back in 2017. So, But yes, King McKay is on the list of people I'd love to have on. Also have a couple of other people that I've talked to in the past about having on Vikings recaps, but I haven't touched base with. Uh, I was going to say touch base with her. I haven't touched base with her since the season started to see if she's still watching and enjoying the show. But I do have someone specific in mind that I've already talked to about joining me on a Vikings cast that uh, hopefully I'll get her on before the end of the season. And of course, King McKay at some point as well, too. So anyways, so Joe needs to call Dr. Phil. Phil, lighten up. Bjorn walked up to York like a G. He really did. He walked in there. He was pimping up walking in there like every like a motherfucker i'm gonna go watch it now i missed it at nine i missed it at nine but i didn't miss your recap oh mingy mingy i want to give you a big hug i definitely do uh maybe you could oh yes phil lighten up joe needs to call dr phil cinco actano gamut uh is that lad <laughs> uh, every character that knows lagatha hinted that hinted the fact that she should have died earlier this season Greg, holy shit, I'm finishing now. She killed her son for Alfred. Are you fucking kidding me? I added a fucking Greg. Yes, Greg. <laughs> yes, Greg. <laughs> she killed her fucking son for Alfred without Alfred's permission. Alfred's gonna be pissed. What kind of mother are you? So we go over to Hitzak, who, yeah, he's telling his girl, let's have sex. Hitzak studies the Buddha and looks at Ivar's wife. And Ivar comes and goes, what are you doing, brother? The Olafs are joining our Olafs are joining our army. And Ivar says, We will attack in the spring. Wait for my beautiful blessing of a child to be born. He tells him, Why be so why be so dark? My wife looks like a goddess of fertility. All is good. Ivar's like, dude, 
you come with me, you came with me, and Ivar's, Ivar totally, is just he's such a dick. Ivar is such a dick in the best possible way. He just goes at him. So, Hitzhak, you, uh, you came with me. You thought the gods told you something good was going to happen, but instead... The gods don't talk to you. They fucking hate you and they love me. So I'm a god now. So well, you think you're all fucked up, right? You're all fucked up because of me. And I, I forget exactly. I didn't write it down and I don't I don't get the audio, I, which I'm going to get a, coming very soon. I'm going to start getting audio clips again. Uh, I, mi I miss having the audio clips. It gives me opportunity to eat a sandwich during those times. <laughs> so... He says some Buddhist sort of, well, uh, you know, that's in the moment of sunshine and zippity doo da zippity doo. And the, it doesn't work always, especially if you've done it once or twice in a situation. But if you're in a relationship with someone, whether it's a mother, whether it's a brother, sister, girlfriend, boyfriend, uh, wife, husband, whatever. If you're in a relationship and you have a dynamic between the person when you both are fucking angry people and you yell at each other or not angry people i just mean when you get into a fight you're both the blah 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 blah, 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 blah type of people where you yell back at each other if you turn it around and at some point can kind of break it down and go you're just acting irrational what are you doing and suddenly take that high road situation it drives the other person bat shit fucking insane it is so good it's such a great fucking tactic oh my goodness it's so good such a good fucking tactic in arguing it's only a one it's like it's 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 a one-time kind of deal you know you can't pull that trick too often they get people get used to it and they go oh they figure out what you're doing but if you try it at the right possible time oh it's so beautiful it's so delicious so fucking delicious oh crap amazing so, it's a kind of does that to Ivar here, where he comes at Ivar's anger with this like Buddhist thing, where he's like, "Yes, and I'm finding one in the moment, and the moment is the essence. We can't think of the past or the future. We can't think of the whatever whatever Buddhism crap he pulls out there. And I'm not I'm not saying Buddhism crap. Uh, you know, I I, I wish I could find that kind of like you know comfort. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's all within. It's not believing in some. Uh, some spiritual zombie or anything like that. You know, I, I kind of, I'm kind of, kind of dig on that shit sometimes, you know, I, I can, I can fall. I can dig that shit. I can do that meditation, not worrying about the past or the future, worrying about the moment. I know I'm simplifying things, but I, I, I wish I could be like that. I do. I do. I totally wish I could be like that. I focus so much on the past, so much on the surface of what's going on around me, not what's going on in the moment. It's, it's, it's frightening. You know, it's fucking frightening, but <laughs> it's beside the point. Like I can, I understand that. But Hitzak, the way he does this, and Ivar's reaction, like he can't even compute. What 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 is wrong with you? What what kind of magic disgustingness nonsense poison words toxic energy is this shit? Listen, you know, remember Marguerite? That she was she was she was she said she talked like this too. And when she talked like this too, you know what she ended up dead. It's funny. Ivar starts talking like a mafia boss. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, you know, when, uh, you know, Tony, when, when people talk, they end up dead. You hear about that? Marguerite was crazy. She was fucking crazy. You know what ended up to her? She ended up with a trumpet up her ass playing, playing, uh, this, playing this fucking song right here. She has a trumpet up her ass going like this.
Uh, brother, are you crazy? You know, Marguerite was crazy and you know what happened to her. I, Ivar, thank you for the quote right there, smoking the barrel of flare. Uh, because it was totally a mafia kind of warning. Don't be crazy, brother. <laughs> now, Ragnar did all of that he could do and killed Yoko and took what she had to. Phil, how ridiculous is the premise that Ivar is fathering a child? He can't even get it up. Is he really that bitch of crazy? No wonder why Joe is done. My only... <laughs> Great. Sandwiches are served, my friends. Dig in. What kind of mother are you? Uh, the only hope that I'm having is that he knows and that he's doing this to get an heir. And he's going to kill her afterwards, knowing she played a game and saying, thank you for legitimizing my child. You helped me convince everybody else that this was real, that I could get it up. I can't get it up. I'm not stupid. But in fairness... Maybe, I don't know. I was just going to say something really, really stupid. Like, do I take for granted that maybe the Vikings think that babies are gifts from gods and has, doesn't have much to do with sex? And I'm thinking about things from my perspective because of uh, with the knowledge that I know being alive in 2018. The Vikings being alive when they were alive, do they think of being coming pregnant as a gift for the gods? So therefore whether not necessarily sperm meets egg so any act could theoretically impregnate a woman even without sex i don't know i probably not no i think the vikings were smarter than that and they knew that sex equals pregnancy so i i'm trying to give ivar a little bit of a break and try to view things from the perspective of the time that we're looking at rather than from my perspective but i think no matter any way you cut it lady ivar's an idiot but I still, I still kind of like Ivar. Uh, let's go, guys. How how do you think this plays out? Which <laughs> with Ivar and Hitzak, I think, I think Bjorn will take back Kattegat. Maybe I don't know. It's it's fucking. It's gonna be interesting to see. I'm actually eager to find out how this all ends up. He's <laughs> Ivar Soprano. He is more like Ralphie. He is absolutely more like Ralphie. Ralphie is the best comparison to uh, to to Ivar from uh, The Sopranos. I love me some Ivar. He's pretending to be dumb. That's how I think it plays out. Okay, if you're talking about that specifically, okay, you're talking about that. I think he's playing dumb purposely. I'm going to go out on a limb and accept it if I'm wrong and say that Ivar is going to kill Marguerite, not Marguerite, Freya's, Freya's when this is all done after the baby is born and say I knew I know I cannot get a, anyone pregnant and thank you for legitimizing my my heir and allowing a god to live on thanks peace and then be done with her no way he's that dumb I hope so oh Ivar says his wife is looking more like Freya's Hitzak turns and gives her a look and says who her and my best M. Bison voice, yes. Yes, Phil. Ivar will die in childbirth. <laughs> Sorry, that was a horrible M. M. Bison, if I'm thinking about it from, like, Rala Julio's uh, M. Bison. Ah. Uh, Centovia, Ivar's wife. Centovia's always on fucking point. In the books, he was big time, supposedly... Uh, the battle. Oh, okay, the battle. Ah. 
I don't know. I think the show's telling me that Ivar is going to be king for a while and that Bjorn is not going to be able to take take Kattegat. But I would not be surprised if Bjorn is able to take it. But if you're asking me to pick, I think Ivar wins. Home field, home field advantage. Oh, what was the Nickelodeon show? Sorry. The Nickelodeon show that I was quoting was... You can't do that on television, which was a sketch comedy show on Nickelodeon in the 80s and I believe early 90s too. I don't know when it went off the air. Uh, That was very funny. (laughs) And they had all these little different segments on it. And one of the segments was in a dungeon. One was in a dungeon. One was at an execution post where a character would be getting ready to be executed off and it would be this character named Alistair. And it was all about ready, aim, fire. And right as these guys about to say fire, uh, Alistair would interrupt him and say some sort of joke or ask him some sort of philosophical question that would inevitably, nine times out of ten, end up with the executioner being shot (laughs) and Alistair going free. Sometimes it would end up with Alistair being killed. Sometimes it would be a different kid playing the part. But, uh, yes, that is, that's what I'm talking about. So, yes, Moose. Yes, I Green Slime. I had a cr- huge crush on Moose as a kid. One of my early crushes, very early crushes, was on Moose. Oh, Moose and Lisa and Alistair and all the kids. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, the I don't know. Every time you say water and I don't know, green, sli- green slime would fall on you. Every time you say water, water would fall on you. It had several different sketch comedy segments, but they're all basically the same segments every episode on You Can't Do That on Television, where you would have the main segments would be the locker room jokes, which were them in lockers where they would bust out and tell really bad jokes. Uh, you would have the main stage area where they would have kind of general discussions and silliness basic improv games and shit like that. You have the executioner block. You would also have the prisoner block where you would have someone in chains with a uh, with a guard ragging on them and stuff, keeping them in chains. Then you would have the the peach pit, which was Barf's Burgers. Yes, Barf. Barf's Burgers. Um, and you would also have a schoolroom set up. Maybe you had some other setups, but those are the only ones that I remember. And it would be a floating cast. Actually, one of the people that got their original break on that show was... What's her name? And I told you to deny me of the thoughts you break when I went away. I'm not afraid because you... It's ironic, don't you think? Uh, what's her fucking name? I, I, Alanis Morissette, I believe, was on the fi- one of the final seasons of You Can't Do That on Television. Oh, Paul Q said that in the live chat. Alanis Morissette was on it. I don't know. Green Slime on Hannibal. My name's Barf. <laughs> uh, Lady Dreamfire says, I actually didn't like The Sopranos. I only watched season one and two, and after that, it sucks. <laughs> My favorite season is season is season five. My I like season five, season one, season season five, season two, season one, season four, season three. And the the last season's probably the last season. No, I probably like season the final season more than season three. I think season three is the weakest season. Anyways, okay. So let me continue here with this live with this discussion. 
<laughs> go back to this one. Oh, go back to oh, what's going on? Oh, there we go. Let's go to Oz. So Ivar says we'll attack in spring. So we go off to Bjorn, who talks to this girl about about they should have sacrificed something to the gods, and they're pissed that Uba and Torvi shit, or that the gods are probably pissed because Uba and Torvi shit talk their own gods. Bjorn's like, you know, I got to do something for myself. I don't belong here. And Bjorn wants to get Kat to get back from Ivar. So she suggests that he go talk to Finehair because Finehair told her ex, her, her widow, her dead husband. <laughs> I don't know how to say that properly. Her dead husband that he was planning on attacking Ivar afterwards. So fine hair may be into it. So we go off to Floki and his number one where they put, where, uh, they end up going to get the people. So we go off to the journey, the shadows in the rain, they find them laying on the ground, they bring them back. So there's not much else to say about all of that. We'll see how that plays out next week. So we go off to North Anglia, and Bjorn is trying to take Kat to get back, and he's leaving. Uba says, we're going to need your help, and Bjorn says, I have my own path, and I respect you for what you're doing, for doing what I could not. Bjorn and Torvi have a good scene where finally he shows her some respect for raising his kids and not being a vengeful or spiteful mom. And Torvi's like, Lagus is alive. She's a survivor. And I love our kids. I'll always make them proud of you, Bjorn. Good scene between the two of them. I said this before. I'll say it again. I love Torvi. I think the actress does a great job in this character. And every scene that they give her, she makes the other actors better. She has a talent for that. Her, something about the way she performs makes the people she performs with better. Even more than her performance is excellent, there's just something about she's a good ba- bouncing point. But I like it. I like it. What the fuck is the end game with Floki and the settlement on the show? Dragging their feet on that storyline. That It makes me think that they're getting to the end game now because they're actually progressing it. But for my biggest problem is it's almost that too little too late they that storyline is dead to me because they didn't establish in and lay in a foundation of the good parts of it they basically just gave us nothing 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 and then expect us to give a shit about this stuff i don't you don't most people don't i'm sure someone does if you are don't be afraid call on in 781-990-8509 Leave a message. We'll play it next week if you're listening to this at some point during the off week. If you like the Floki in Iceland storyline, I want to know. I really want to know. Does anybody like that storyline? Please. Tell me. Tell me. Uh, Uba and Bjorn had a nice goodbye scene. It was nice to see Bjorn not mad for once. That is why I liked Bjorn in this episode. Thank you for pointing that out, Santovia. As always, great great content there. Hmm. Bjorn showed more shades tonight. He showed more, what's the word? He just showed more subtlety to his performance, more flexibility, if in threat of saying it in a better way. Bjorn had something going on tonight where he's been one note for most of this half season. Man, I'm all over the place. I'm angry. Like, Like real whatever. He's finding his ups and his downs. Finding his performance, and I like it. Hearst's daughter is Tor. Oh, wow. 
for one of the few times nepotism works. I people have said that before. I always forget it, but I I always forget that that's his daughter. And yeah, it worked. The best nepotism since Tori Spelling on now to now. Donna Martin was awesome. <laughs> oh, hashtag plot holes. What do they eat in Iceland? Hashtag plot holes. <laughs> this episode was tantrum. Yeah, it was Bjorn tantrum free tonight. Tantrum! I want some tantrum! <laughs> okay, so we go off to Judith and Athelred talking. Uh, oh, talking about how... Oh, Alfred fell. He's weak. Athelred is like, well, dudes, my mom's right. We need to, like, stick up for the king. And then he goes and talks to all the, all the, okay. So they go, the queen, Athelred, and the queen mother all go and talk to the nobles about how the king has passed out on his way back from North Anglia. And he's in trouble. He's in trouble. He's sick. He's been sick before, blah, 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 blah. And all the nobles are, you know, grumble, grumbling. And Athelred steps up and kind of mitigates the situation by talking to them. Start, they start out trying to give a speech like, no, he's your king. You have to support your king. But then Athelred goes to them and kind of does a little whisper shit. And he's like, and talks them all into everything's cool. And they all walk out of there. And the and Judas is like, what the fuck do you say to them? What the fuck do you say to them? And 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 he's in he's like listen dude listen to, he's calls his mother dude he's like listen mom dude just nurse my sick brother back to health figure out what's wrong with him get him back to health don't worry about what i'm saying so we go back in we see judith looking for herbs for alfred as we assume but looking back now she's probably was looking for the poison to poison Al she had decided in that moment when she says to the queen that uh He's a little too liked by his note by these nobles, and her saying that makes her think, you know, I really need to kill this bastard. I really need to kill my fucking son, the actual true heir to the crown, to the crown, whatever. So we're back where you see Judith looking for the herbs, and then she finds it as she prays, and then we go to sexy time, time for sexy time with Athelred and wife. Doing the husbandly duties. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's time for business time because it's Wednesday. Everybody knows Wednesday time. It's Wednesday night is business time. So uh, it's business time. And, uh, and his wife, who is giggly because at post-coital giggliness, says, So, um, when, uh, if uh, anything happens to you, um... <laughs> Or if anything happens to Alfred, who's king? Mm -hmm. Well, I am. <laughs> hey, well, then I hope your brother dies. What? Who the fuck? What the fuck? Who the shit? What the poop? Like, yeah, did you really say that to him? Like, come on. He should have turned. You What? Then I hope your brother dies? I mean, I've had some weird bedroom talk. If, if and when... Um, my fucking relationship ever fucking ends. She's going to know lots of dirt on me. She's going to be able to bury me if she wants to bury me. Whoever, whoever her next person would be, the pillow talk that she's going to get about me is fucking crazy. 
But <laughs> that being said, if someone said uh, you you don't say, uh, hey, I really want to kill Joe. If I said that to Steph, like there'd be problems. That's a little a little too much. Holy shit. This episode was tantrum free. Hertz's other daughter played Helga. Oh, interesting. I could see that. I, they they look they look similar. Alfred's wife might be pregnant by Bjorn. I wonder if they're gonna go in that direction. I thought about that as well. I forgot about that good catch. This show is a roller coaster bounce. Yes, I bet that's what got him killed. And so yeah, so I don't know. Bedroom Bed, bedroom talk, you know, what you say to your significant other is great, but all relationships can fuck up somehow. And you don't giggle about the brother's death there. That's that's a little that's a little touchy there. Who knows what kind of spies? There's many spies with many eyes here. So Bjorn comes to Finehair's place, as someone said earlier, like a fucking pimp. Magnus greets him. He's like, hey, it's fucking Bjorn Ironside. Here I am. <laughs> And uh, they're all going to attack Cat to get together, and it's a great time. And yeah, it's happy. Your Magnus is happy. Everyone's happy. We're all going to attack Cat again. Fine hair is not sure how to deal with all of this. So we go to Athelred. Asks about Alfred, and Judith made some potions to help him help him get better. She says, "You're a wonderful mom. You're really a wonderful mom to Alfred and me." Judith is like, you know, as soon as uh, as soon as. As soon as he's sick, these fucking nobles are conspiring against our king. And Athelred's like, yeah, I get it. I get their fear, but, you know, their fears for Wessex and England. And then he and then he drinks some more, and he starts to figure out as he's starting to choke a little bit and choking his drink. He starts sipping his drink again. It starts to all come together, and he realizes, fuck, dude, my mom poisoned me. Fuck. That look with, we, we need this to turn into a meme. We're, uh. The look when your mom poisons you. Uh, what's a reverse? Uh, we know what an edible complex is when you want to kill your dad and fuck your mom. What is it when you want to kill your son? Is it the pa that's patricide. That's when you kill your father. What's, what, was it just being a shit fuck when you, uh, when you kill your kid? I'm sure there's a word for it. There's some fucked up shit. So she, she poisons him and she stands up. She gives him this creepy speech. She gets all creepy. Like she gets wicked creepy here. She doesn't just let him die. She, she creeps him out. She goes like serial killer Freddy Krueger style here when she's killing him. She's like dancing around the room smiling. She's like, hmm, when the biscuits are burning and the hey, nanny, nanny. She starts quoting Ophelia and shit. It's crazy. She, he, he's like, you would never accept Alfred as king. You won't ever. Always be a danger. And he's like, you kill me? He manages to stand for a second and he asks her the question everyone's asking while they're watching this. What kind of mother are you? And she's hurt. She cries for a second or she's crying because you know, she, she knows she's going to have to lie to Alfred. And but meh. And she watches him die. Like she watches him die. He falls in the ground and she's staring at him. They cut the camera when she's just looking down like, <laughs> I gotta watch back, but in my memory, that was the look in her face. <laughs> Fucking great. You use gusts to go. There was there was an air in that room. That's why she made the decision final. You got to go. Joffrey treatment. I thought he was going to try to go out with a bang. Thought he was going to grab a knife and try to kill his brother, uh, or try. The more she was talking, the more agitated 
she was getting. She reminded me of Crazy Pants. Santovia, I've been almost I almost wanted to call her Crazy Pants a couple times tonight, but that was she almost went Crazy Pants. She she didn't go full Crazy Pants, but she went a little there. She she used some of the influence that Quen Quenferth was that was that her name had on her. Mm-hmm. Great scene. Very well done. Very well acted by both actors. And one of the scenes of the season, if not the scene of the season, was just really well done. Everything that they wanted the bishop killing the other bishop to be, I think this scene gave me. I don't know I don't know what it says that my favorite, two, probably my two favorite scenes of the season with this and Judith torturing the guy last episode. So I got to applaud Judith again for killing it in her moments this season. So we go off to Harold watching Bjorn and the new girl talk and being jealous. Jealous. So then we go off to Judith confronting dead Apple Red, but she's happy. And that is the end of our episode of Vikings. I don't know what I said there at the end, but I didn't. Re- I couldn't recognize my notes, and I'm through one. I'm drinking one beer, so I'm officially drunk right now. <laughs> Closing out the notes. It's over. That is our episode of Vikings. Good episode of Vikings. Good transitional episode into the next stage of this season. I liked it. I thought the scene with Judith and Athelred was one of the best. But I also like all the stuff with Ubi, Uba. I'm sorry, and and Bjorn. I thought those were all done really well. I thought Ivar was used in the best way. Ivar is used in small doses in a annoying fashion. I thought Hitzak's whole Buddha thing was random but worked and was fun uh, and created a couple of cool one-liners, if anything. I thought Bjorn's side story with his romance angle was one of the more... It, it actually felt earned to a certain extent between those two characters. I thought they had chemistry and it actually worked, surprising to me. Uh, so I did not mind that. I thought Finehair had a downish night as a character, but did have his moments in his action scene to give us the one bit of action in this episode. But I found his scenes not as captivating as they've been in recent weeks for me, for whatever reason. Floki land. Back on Floki Island. Floki actually has a personality tonight. I don't think I should kill these people. But basically makes the same mistake as always and brings the people back in. It's just going to be repeating themes that seem so neat. Repeating themes that come to me. So I'm not super excited for more Iceland stuff. Someone said it earlier in the chat and I am going to take it as mine. No, I'm going to take it as the live chat, but I'm not going to give credit because I can't remember who said it, but please take credit if you want. It is the, it's Dorn. It's fucking Dorn. Fucking Dorn. Let me go into the live motherfucking chat for one more second here and take a couple more Vikings comments. And then we're going to do something a little special here at the end of the show before we call it a podcast. And by we, of course, I mean me and Goofy. Hi, guys. Thanks for coming to the show. No, they appreciate it, Goofy. I know it's been a it's been a long day for us. Yes, it has, Phil. When you eventually, are you just going to talk to people through a Goofy toy? Maybe one day, Goofy. Maybe one day. Okay, so. I just need the brothers back together minus Ivar uh, to torture Ivar MK Ultra Style. That would be awesome. I'm Beat. Good night, everyone. Lady Dreamfire, thank you as always for popping on the live chat. 
always amazing to have your positive energy in there. Greg, Joffrey treatment. Yeah, the Joffrey treatment. I need my Floki giggles. And we got them tonight. And that's why I didn't mind Iceland as much as usual because we actually got some lively, real Floki action in this episode. Floki wasn't just a statue. He had some flexibility and some funniness tonight. Kattegat needs to see her. Floki, go home. Santovia, I think... I, I would love for that to be true. I would love for that to be the angle where they go. And... um. Sorry, I'm typing and can't and can't type and talk at the same time because I don't have fucking talent. <laughs> I got no talent. So here we go, here we go, here we go. Now, let me kick over here. Okay, there we go. That's what I wanted to get to. So let me scroll over there. There, there's the hat. There we go. I want Floki to go be the seer uh, for a couple of seasons now. <clears throat> No, out of beer, and it's late in the show. I don't want to crack another one. Boo. Uh, we're so... We need a new seer. Floki's been set up, and I thought he was basically bred for that role. So I hate to say this, but I hope everyone dies in Iceland and Floki goes back to Cadigan as the seer moving forward. So we'll see. And I, Because part of it... Someone said this in the comment section over the couple of weeks and I haven't been able to keep up with the comments as much as I've wanted to lately but please keep the comments coming and if you ever write them know that I do read them and I will try to respond as as much as I can especially when I get a little bit more time but someone had suggested about that Ivar was most dealable when Floki's on screen and I agree I think the act both of those actors have excellent chemistry Happy New Year when Iceland freezes over. Fulky, find the Sears request on LinkedIn. K-Rich, don't joke with me. K-Rich, you got me for like point millisecond where I'm like, what? Is this show turning into a Game of Thrones discussion? If you mean the Cersei thing that was out, I did see something with Lena Headley talking about the character of Cersei, which was very interesting. Tom himself pops in the room and is 420 somewhere, and that is as good a time as any to pop the technical difficulty sign. If you're checking out this podcast at this point in time, and you are here for Vikings, uh, Vikings podcast is officially over. <laughs> Tune in next week for me again to uh, talk about these. We're getting towards the end of the season, believe it or not, and the final stretch here with... Episode 7, 8, 9, and 10. Four more episodes of Vikings left. So let's transition here into an end section of this show where I want to have a little fun. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the after show. Thank you so much for checking out the Vikings podcast for those who were interested in that such nonsense. For the after show, I obviously, as I mentioned earlier in the evening, want to talk about two of uh, two people that definitely had an influence on me as a performer, as a silly person. I mean, there's not so much I can talk about Mean Gene Okerlund, but if you were into wrestling of the 80s 
and of any time period, if you're into WWE or you had your moments of that, you probably know who Mean Gene Okerlund was. If you don't, you don't, and it's not like, oh, you're, what the fuck, what the fuck. I don't mean it like that, but I do want to talk a few seconds about Mean Gene before we're going to go through and talk a little bit more in depth about Bob Einstein and his career and go through his IMDB page, play a little game of IamADouchebag.com and talk a little bit about some Bob Einstein stuff. Uh, Mean Gene was a fucking great guy. Uh, When you have comedy groups, when you have an actor that goes crazy, when you have dudes that talk shit, you need a straight man. You need a straight man. You need someone that is pulling that in every comedy team. That's the reason why, you know, Joe and I haven't cut through. You know, we're, we're both, neither one of us is a straight man. No, but even when Joe and I, when when we we take turns being the straight man to the other person, where we let each other go off crazy when the other one's like, it fuels the fire of the other one. So, Mean Gene was the ultimate straight man in wrestling interviews. And he was, I said it before, he was the best at what he did. And a fucking great guy. and fu- Not great guy, I didn't know him. But a great, funny television personality. And always always had an opinion and a good voice to have kind of talking about that era. In every wrestling documentary you see, Mean Gene's always there now talking about that era of wrestling because he was so much a part of it. The legendary Mean Gene Okerlund. It's so much of that era of wrestling, people want to just easily group on... Hulk Hogan, uh, because, and fuck, you know, modern Hulkster shit, but I'm just saying, like, Hulk Hogan, he was such a big lightning rod of that era, for good and for bad, but so much went into that era of wrestling, which really took wrestling into the upper echelon of popularity, and Mean Gene was one of those things. It was Mean Gene, it was fucking... Just that name, I remember as a kid, the name Mean Gene Okerlund was included. He had his toy, you know, when when you had the wrestling toys, you had a Mean Gene toy as well. I believe Mean Gene was on the wrestling cartoon as well. Like, his character was so important. I mean, you basically got television, real sports shows copying that character with people like Jim Gray and fucking, uh, uh, fucking... Like there's so many people like like that interview the coaches and players in between games and or like between them try to like get a rise out of them. Mean Gene did it so naturally. I mean it was scripted, but whatever. But Mean Gene was still fucking great. He was a great actor, a great performer, and a great I don't know. And I, and to some people that may not have been into wrestling at the time, it's hard to verbalize it. And it's not like I can play a clip because he doesn't have any moment specifically that he's known for. It's he's just every great wrestling promo of that era had Mean Gene there. Maybe. I mean, unless he was in Piper's Pit or uh, or in uh, the Snake Pit or something like that. Hulk was the one who started calling him Mean Gene Okerlund. That era of the WWF was insane. It really was, if you think about it, of all the amazing ac- actors and performers and wrestlers you had of that era. But in that era, it was a lot more about the character. You know, you had... I just remember in that era having so many ones that I was way into, uh, heels and faces. Uh, Hacksaw Jim, uh, isn't Hacksaw the one I mentioned? Hacksaw Jake, uh, Jimmy Snuka, Junkyard, uh, Roddy Piper, Jake, uh, Jesse the Body Ventura, British Bulldogs, Demolition, (laughs) Axe and Smash, uh, fucking, it continues, uh, Yokozuna, (laughs) 
fucking incredible. Haku was a great guy. Was a great wrestler too. Uh, it can. I mean, like I could seriously keep going down the list and just be like, oh, see, uh, Kurt, Mister Perfect, Kurt Henning, uh, Tito Santana. <laughs> Tito Santana was awesome. I love Tito Santana. Andre the fucking giant, Big John Stud, King Kong Bundy. Like all those guys, that that whole era of wrestling, and which stretching out a little further past that, up until like up until like the Attitude Era or whatever, it it was uh, that was that was what I was into. That's the wrestling that I'm like nostalgic for. And Mean Gene was as much of a face of that as everybody. I also want to mention there was something about his interactions with the managers too. People like Bobby Brain Heenan had a really good chemistry with Mean Gene too. Mean Gene had great chemistry with a lot of people. Uh, I don't watch it right now. Like, uh, so I'm not a good judge of how the WWE is now. The last wrestling I ever watched was WCW NWO shit. I sort of fell out at that point. Uh, After that whole storyline, I was very brand loyal to that generation of wrestling and wrestlers and I never sort of warmed up to some of the newer generations I mean so when someone like The Undertaker retires or Shawn Michaels doesn't wrestle anymore or Stone Cold and The Rock like that was the last group that I knew some of the newer generation I'm just not I'm not exposed to it enough so I'm not into it so I don't know it not that the earlier times better or worse it's just a lot of times with wrestling you're into like a certain generation and then when shit changes around it's tough to get you know tough to get into it but that being said i wouldn't it's something that's that's it's theater i mean let's let's cut through the shit sandwich of it all it's fucking theater <laughs> and it's fun and mean gene was mean gene was very extremely extremely amazing in that roddy piper was my favorite as well roddy piper bobby the brain heenan as a, as a, as just a funny entity, but Piper was always my favorite too. Easily, like Piper was like hundred percent my favorite. <laughs> I also really liked Macho Man at a point in time. Dun 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 dun. So, so yeah. I mean, I don't want to bemuse the point too much. There's only so much I can say, uh, but he. Mm. He's one of the greats, one of the classics, one of the most important parts of that generation right there with Gorilla Monsoon. And Gorilla Monsoon was a wrestler of a different age, but I mean as an announcer. And Bobby the Brain and Jesse when he was an announcer too. And, and Vince is an announcer, not as the president. I know he was the president at the time, but but at, at the time watching that, I knew Vince McMahon when, he was, when the storyline when he was basically just an announcer. And I was like, oh yeah, Vince is an announcer. And terrible writing, pushing the wrong people, ignoring the fans. That's a WWE for you. See, again, I can't really speak to it these days. There's my cat behind me. I can't speak to it these days. I used to love it though, like back in the back in the eighties and early nineties. There was for a long time I was What the fuck are you doing, cat? <laughs> for a long time I was way I was way into it. And I haven't watched it since like I said, since the since WCW existed, but yeah, Vince was the best announcer. I agree, 
SM. When he was in the booth, when you had him and like Bobby the Brain on the WrestleManias, I really liked Gorilla though, but I was just partial to Gorilla because he, he just had this like, I liked him and Bobby he had like excellent chemistry. But when you had, but Vince, Vince was, when Vince just did the announcing, he had something about that deep voice he has, like works really well where he would be an excellent announcer on, on almost any sport. He, he has a good deep announcer voice that I'm jealous of. And yeah, he, he was really good. And you would have that, you would have the one show that had like gorilla and, and then the other show, I believe that would have like Vince and Vince would do all the main events. And sometimes gorilla would do it too, but I really like Gorilla Monsoon as well, but I would say Vince was probably superior as just, he was slicker. Gorilla and Bobby were the best. I, I got to admit though, this is where it's really tough for me because Jesse was really good too. He didn't last as long because he had some problems with the WWF and Vince. So he like ended up getting written out of the, the, the show, but and a lot of people forget about the era that Jesse the body like Jesse kind of started that where Bobby took over and Bobby Bobby the Brave Heenan was insanely funny insanely funny one of the fastest wits him Piper and Jesse the body Ventura were probably the funniest quickest witted wrestlers that ever existed like how quick their minds could could jump in a joke and stuff and especially Bobby the Brain. He might be the best of them all. But he just had this extra special talent. And Bobby in that color commentary seat owned it. Owned it. To me, those guys were some of the best announcing teams that you had in all sports. And and when you saw other teams, you paled in comparison. And I liked both Bobby and Jesse in that role. Uh Jesse was a little different, but Jesse the Body Ventura is a very funny guy too in the wrestling context. He coined the expression, win if you can, try if you must, but always cheat. So I must have, I have a somewhat mixed feelings, but Gorilla was probably my favorite, but I can't hate on Vince. Vince was, Vince was really good too. And he had, he had an excellent announcer voice. There was something about the way Gorilla Monsoon broke things down that he'll always be my announcer to me. And what was that TV show on the USA Network that was hosted by Gorilla Monsoon? That was my favorite of all the wrestling shows every every week. It was the one I had to watch on USA. I forget what it was called, and I forget what night it was on. Was it Mondays? Did it was it the like the, is it what is Raw now? Was that at one point in time? And it would have them in a studio talking and then going to wrestling matches, but they'd be sitting in the studio doing these like one on two on two sort of commentary. Mean Gene was a huge part of that as well. Uh, let's go. Phil, is, is it Betsy or just Betty? Betty. Uh, Betty the cat. <laughs> oh, but the cat was named after Betty Page. So, for whatever it's worth. I mean, the cat's not... We used to call... Like, I guess the cat's official name is Betty Page. But... <laughs> Bet Betty. Jesse Ventura and Vince. Jesse Ventura and Vince were really amazing as well. A new wrestling hope on the horizon. All elite wrestling coming soon. Judas is nuts this season. She just poisoned Athelred out cold. I was shocked. Renata, we're kind of in the after show discussion right now where I'm talking about me and Gene Okerlund and eventually Bob Einstein. But if you want to go back in this video, you can hear us talk all about it. And I agree with you. Judith is next level insane. 
Bobby Heenan was the best announcer for comedy and quick wit. Jim Ross, if you want to feel like you're watching a real sports event. See, I would, I agree. Jim Ross is, I'm past the generation where Jim Ross was the guy, but he's very good too. I can't hate on Jim Ross. He's, he's one of the best at doing it too. The only show at the time was Superstars. Raw didn't exist yet. So Superstars was the one on the USA Network that was hosted them where they were in the... I think... No, I think there was another one too. I think Superstars was the one where Vince was basically the host. And then there was Saturday Night... Uh, was it Friday Night? No, Saturday Night Live. Not Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Main Event. Is that what it's called? And then there was one other show in the USA Network, which was like... And I keep talking... I'm talking about like it's going to make sense when if I keep saying it. Where it was set up where they were in in-studio thing. And it, Jesse was or the original co-host for it. It was Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse. And then it was Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. I remember the show going off the air. I remember like the final episode of it. Maybe that was Superstars. But I thought Superstars was a different show. I thought Superstars was the one hosted by Vince that happened at ringside. Like he's like, welcome to WWF Superstars and tonight's show and blah, 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 blah. And then there was another one, but could be wrong. I've been wrong before. It's been a while. In the attitude, I'm an attitude era kind of guy, says Blue Steel, but I can appreciate the 80s and 90s. I feel sorry for the kids these days that this horse shit will be the nostalgia era. <laughs> Notice no one mentioning anyone from the last 20 years or so because they suck now. I feel like I almost want to talk about wrestling more. It's, it's, it's a topic I haven't really bridged on this channel, but of that era of wrestling i have a decent to to pretty good knowledge base of that whole era of wrestlemania's one through god what the fucking wrestling wrestlemania would i go through to a certain to a certain extent but like the early era of the wwf becoming big so I, i've often thought about doing you know like a roddy roddy piper video or something about appreciation like a roddy piper recap or something or andre recap or something but I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. I'm not I'm not sure if people on the channel would really want that, but or if that needs to be a separate channel. But it's definitely a something that meant a lot to me in that generation. So it's so it's something I, I do have a, a lot of shit to talk about it. The weasel, yep, the weasel. <laughs> Brain, you weasel. Is it me or gorilla sounds funny? I mean the word. Say it ten times in a row. It sounds fucking funny. <laughs> oh my goodness is it uh remember when vince took his shirt off for the first time and shocked everyone yeah i do remember that i'm like holy shit jim ross could call a match like no one else and i agree with that jim ross is a he it's like he's a professional announcer he he's he's really fucking good and it's almost like historically he overshadows how good vince and gorilla were and they were just a different kind of good where it made it feel like you were in someone's home and they were talking to Vince had a little bit more of a, a boxing announcer kind of vibe to him. Like what's his name from, from HBO, the, the, the soon to be dead HBO sports, but you know, the guy I'm talking about anyone who watched HBO sports knows exactly who I'm talking about. Not Larry merchant, not the boxer that they have in there. The main guy that calls the matches. Vince kind of reminded me of him. And I don't know that dude's name, but you guys, you, anyone who knows, who's watched boxing on HBO knows exactly who I'm talking about. And Gorilla Monsoon had this more old school wrestling kind of feel like 
come on down kids you know i'm telling you a story almost like tommy heinsen from if if people from the boston area know tommy heinsen the way he calls the game for the celtics it's uh very like yeah i'm gonna talk fucking let me call a fucking game here WDF Superstars. Yes, Superstars was the Saturday show. Yes, it was. And then there was another Monday show or a Tuesday show or some shit in the middle of the week, which was the show I'm talking about. This was the time I actually thought Jack Tunney was in charge and Vince was not. I remember that. Jay, that's awesome that you said that. I remember when they brought him in there during the King of the Ring incident when the, when Hogan lost his title and it was all and somehow Hogan has title removed or he lost it. Maybe, maybe it was when he lost to Yokozuna or something. I forget. But the title was vacant and then they had to have that big King of the Ring tournament and in uh, the middle million dollar man for Ted DiBiase like tried to buy his way to win the championship, but eventually, like Hogan got eliminated earlier. That's how that's how Macho won the championship in the King of the Ring. Spoiler alert, I guess. I might be gripping a couple of things together, but I remember that era fondly. And like Jack Tunney had to come out on Saturday night. Uh, Hogan lost the title on Saturday night main event, I believe. It might have been to Yokozuna, maybe. I don't know. Okay, so but I do remember that. Uh, Roids does a body good. Gorilla Glue, my favorite strain. I like Gorilla Glue. I'm going to call the cat page. I missed the best of 2018 stream. Can you pick top three, top worst? Uh, top. My, my best actor was Vincent D'Onofrio. I love his I loved his performance. My worst actor was, I th don't think I even named one. I think I talked around it. I think I bullshitted it. Uh, worst show of the year. I think Joe's was Vikings. Joe Joe said Vikings was his worst show of the year. And mine was... Oh, God. I forgot what I said. I forgot what I said. But my best show, I think I... Everyone's going to say, you said Better Call Saul, didn't you? No, I think I said Cobra Kai. <laughs> Cobra Kai's still alive, baby. It's Saturday Night Live main event. Main event was just one-off shows. Yeah, and it wasn't every week. It was... It was alternate weeks. They always had these big tag team matches and stuff on that as well. Like I think that was the first time you saw Hogan and Macho as the 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 tag team partners, the the mega stars. Was that the name? The mega powers, mega powers, mega powers. Saturday night. Wow, the wrestling really gets people talking. Saturday night main event was not a series; it was a special that had annually in superstars and Saturday night morning after cartoons finished. Wrestling Challenge was another show. I know Jesse Ventura because of weed talk. The Ultimate Warrior was my guy. I love the Ultimate Warrior. I loved when he came, him and Hogan had their little beef. That was great. Phil, you can talk. If you want to talk to current WWE, I'm your girl. Centovia, maybe I'll catch up one day and decide I want to talk about that because, you know, YouTube channels that talk about wrestling get tons of fucking hits. <laughs> no, but uh, for whatever it's worth. But not that, not that I care about such things. Oh, but... I, I've often talked about thought about talking about wrestling again. I have a amazing teacher who uh, who has been doing a wrestling talk show on either public access radio and now on YouTube for God, I want to say it's like for many many years through many generations of wrestling, and he's one of the most learned wrestling dudes I know. So a uh, little shout out to Wrestling Talk and uh, and to Len. So. So yeah, I've all, I always I have a very special place in my heart, even though I'm not always attached to it because it's uh it was when I was a kid it was probably the thing I was most into that in mute that in music more than watching television or movies and some shit I was 
I, for a whole big generation of my life, I was way into fucking wrestling. It's not, it's not even funny. And a lot of like the acting influences I have are wrestlers because they're definitely in people like me and Gene and shit and Bobby the Brain and Girl Monsoon and all that stuff. And it's part of the reason this podcast is what it is, is because of that sort of shit. And it's not, it's, it would be, it's a lie if I said, I, if that wasn't somewhat of a factor. So January 11th is when Raw started. Piper was, yeah, Piper's the best. Piper was Jack Tunney. What a fucking joke. Phil started a YouTube channel about wrestling in Fortnite. Rack up those views. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like if I started a YouTube channel that was called uh, Wrestling Fortnite or something, <laughs> it was all uh, for, all videos of me playing Fortnite while talking about wrestling, the current WWE or even even historic WWE stuff. It like all talking about wrestling and playing Fortnite. I would probably have way more subscribers than I do and way more views than I do on this channel. <laughs> That's facts right there, people. That is facts. Heart Foundation was one of my favorite. Jim the Anvil, Nightheart, and Brett the Hitman Heart. As much as Brett had such a luxur luxurious, luxurious career as a world champion after the fact and an intercontinental champion as well, too. And obviously a lot of controversy like with the Montreal screw job and that, all that stuff, too. The Hart Foundation was in what I consider the best era of the tag team. When you had the Hart, excuse me, you had the Hart Foundation, the the Rockers even in that age. Excuse me, they go to Shawn Michaels, Demoni Demolition, Legion of Doom when they came to the WWF, the Road Warriors. Excuse me. You also had, oh, what other tag teams? British Bulldogs at that time period as well. And I'm mi I'm missing some. <laughs> so. Great era for tag team wrestling as much as it was for individual wrestling. Oh, Hall and Nash. Hall and that's fucking crazy. <laughs> fucking crazy. Say hello to the bad guy. We got Amanda Kane in the live motherfucking chat. The Twin Towers. Yep, Twin Towers. Uh, fuck. Yeah, and then Haku and, Haku and um, Yokozuna had a tag team, I believe, as well. And... Haku was in that movie with Roddy Roddy Piper. The uh, the well, everyone knows they live with Roddy Roddy Piper, but he was also in a couple of other movies. One of which being a wrestling movie with Haku, where they played members of a tag team that won a tag team wrestling championship. Great movie with Roddy Roddy Piper. He's in a lot of good movies, a lot of good bit parts, but uh, that's one of my favorite ones. I mean, he's not the main star. The main star is the manager, who is a actor from the '80s that you will recognize. I forget. I forget the guy. He might have been the dude from the A Team, the face from the A Team, but I could be wrong. But Roddy Piper is in a fun wrestling movie with Haku. Uh, so yeah. Oh, the Nasty Boys, the fucking Nasty Boys. Hashtag bring Joe back. Joe was with us the other night. Joe's retired from Vikings Nights, but Joe will be back to talk Punisher. Absolutely. And Joe will be back to talk The Walking Dead. So we're not going to be Joe rant free. So when The Walking Dead's back, Joe will be back and Game of Thrones is back. Joe and Katie hopefully will be back. And uh, Joe will be back for Punisher and for True Detective Season 3. When WWF was still territorial, we used to go to shows in town regularly. We'd check out Bob, uh, Bob Orton. I used to love Bruno San Martino was my favorite of that era. Or, or of course, Gorgeous George. 
Oh, gorgeous. Oh, Georgie. For having the cast in his arms for over a year. Can you believe all those years, lady? He remembered that. There are two fat English twins from like 80 years ago that were 800 pounds. Rogan. Did you buy Mickey Rourke and the wrestler performance? It was an interesting, it was a different kind of take on all of that. I, I love Aronofsky's film, so I bought it because of the, the film. I think Mickey Rourke is a good actor that fits certain roles really well, and I think the wrestler was a part that fit him well. I don't love Mickey Rourke in everything. Bullet is my favorite, and Barfly is my fa- or two of my favorite of Mickey Rourke parts because I think he's playing a very true-to-himself character. And don't kill me if you ever see me, Mickey Rourke. January something or other, Jay. I don't know the exact date in January. I could I could look it up, but <laughs> I will look it up. No, I, I think I want to say like January 16th or some crap like that. Oh, Bam Bam Bigelow is one of my favorites. I remember the tattoos on the head. And he was such a big guy and so agile. So, <laughs> okay. So, uh, Hillbilly Jim. Remember Hillbilly Jim? I loved good old Hillbilly Jim. I mentioned Big John Stud before. Barfly is a great movie. Greg, I'm glad you found us as well, too. I came to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. So I'm sorry for the not. I'm not sorry for the wrestling aside that I am. I am. I am. I'm happy to talk about some wrestling tonight to honor uh, me and Gene Okerlund, who, again, is one of those guys that all these people were mentioning. Mean Gene's never someone at the time you're going to go, oh, Mean Gene's awesome. But he's not someone that, he's someone that always adds to the scene without having to say too much. And just his mannerisms, the way he was looking, his outfit, his, the way he pushed, people said it earlier, being the straight man to Hogan. I mean, so he, he was great with a lot of people. I think Hogan and Macho were probably the two people he was the best with. Uh, Hogan specifically, him and Mean Gene had an excellent chemistry, and I almost want to play some. And I like, I I feel bad. I feel bad if like this whole video gets flagged because I play some Hogan and Mean Gene. But you know, <laughs> you know what, <laughs> you know what, all things all things come to pass. <laughs> all things. Oh no 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 not commercial! I don't want to play a fucking commercial. Not a fucking commercial. Fucking YouTube. <laughs> so let's play a few seconds of Mean Gene Oakland if I can, if I will, if I should, and I should. Gene Oakland here with the brand new World Wrestling Federation champion, Hulk Hogan. Mean Gene Oakland. This is right after Hogan be- beat the funniest guy in the world. Not only here tonight in Madison Square Garden, but throughout the wrestling world. You know some Mean Gene, they proved it to themselves. All I ask was for the whole WWE to stand behind the holster. And I told him I'd bring it home for the USA. You know some Mean Gene, it is the dream of a lifetime, Daddy. Oh. And you know something? I can't imagine this is like going to the mountaintop a thousand times over. I feel the energy. Hulkamania is running worldwide. <laughs> I want to get some of that Hulkamania. It makes me high. Everyone. Of those 25, 30 plus thousand people with me standing behind me all the way, and it felt great. Well, you have arrived, Hulk Hogan. Have you never seen anything as beautiful as this? See, it's like subtle things. Like, like Hogan's running around like an idiot. He's like, oh, so you. Oh, Andre. Oh, 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 oh Andre the Giant. Hey, 
congratulating. So, the, okay, so I, I just want to talk about this moment for a second when Hogan uh, wins this championship there, beating the Iron Streak, breaking out of the camel clutch to win the uh, to win the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Uh, and they have Andre there wishing him a good luck. They did that to get him over a little bit more and make Hogan seem even more like the, the new big guy at the time because Andre was the biggest wrestler at the moment. So it was, a, in a sense, a half-passing the torch kind of moment. And whatever. <laughs> I'm all real. So. Mean Gene, great wrestling, awesome. People, if you've enjoyed this this discussion, this uh, stepping in this direction to, uh, to uh, talking a little bit of wrestling, if you want to ever hear me talk more wrestling, just let me know in the comment section. Request it. Uh, I w do not mind let me know in the comment section of this video not in the chat right now because i won't remember it but but if you guys want to see me do a piper rowdy rowdy piper video or something i would love to do that would be a good first one to do uh or or just or general kind of talk about that era i would definitely do some re wrestling stuff so let me know so i want to also talk about this guy right here Wait, do I, have to, do I have to listen to another fucking commercial? No, I don't. Here we go. We are going now to Super Dave Osborne, who has once again promised us something spectacular. Super Dave? Super Dave. Blindfold on, so I will not be able to see anything. Louis, if you'll pass your hand in front of my eyes. Okay, I can't see anything. Now, I guess it's not worth listening to Super Dave instead of... I should probably play Marty Funkhauser. Uh, we also today lost Super Dave Osborne. I talked a little bit more about him earlier, so I want to kind of just touch on this quick. Very funny guy. Very awesome. Especially if, you, if you're a fan of Kirby Enthusiasm, he killed him on that show. And Super Dave was just an exceptionally amazing hilarious character the clumsy evil Knievel spoof of a character is unique interesting and at the time that I started watching it as a child was maybe the funniest shit I ever fucking saw I loved Super Dave it was it was I was obsessed as my early 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 kid things it's funny that it's not funny but it's coincidental where wrestling Super Dave and Dr. Demento. If anyone knows what Dr. Demento is, two points to fucking, two points to you. Dr. Demento was a, oh, whatever. I'm not going to get into it. But uh, a different show, different different situation. And, and Weird Al Yankovic too. But, and Frank Sinatra. Whatever. But, <laughs> Super Dave was, like, I could not miss Super Dave. It would be, my whole days would revolve around seeing Super Dave. And just hilarious shit. Bob Einstein, extremely funny. People want to know what else he was in. Let's go through his career. Started off on the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour as a kid and was on that and then was on Sunday Share. Popped in a lot of other things through the through the years. The Van Dyke and Company, a Smothers Brothers reunion type stuff on Johnny Carson playing super ca characters. Then had his real breakout character as Super Dave Osborne and was in a lot of Super Dave stuff. It wasn't just that. Then they had just the Super Dave 
uh, Super Bowl of Knowledge, Super Dave Vegas Spectacular, uh, on a couple of episodes, on one episode of Roseanne, on an episode of Norm. Super Dave, Super Dave, Super Dave. <laughs> the man show, Crank Anchors. He did a lot of voices of on Crank Anchors of the character of Tony DeLodge. Then he was on Arrested Development for one, two, three, four, five, six, six, uh, six episodes as the surrogate. Hilarious on Arrested Development. On a show called the Jeff Garland Program, which I never knew existed. And Jeff Garland is also on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Super Dave again, Super Dave again. I mean, Super Dave was really his thing. Uh, he was in the movie Anger Man or TV series Anger Management. Oh, and then finally, to be f- his other big thing he was on is Curb Your Enthusiasm. So he's had several big, huge breakthrough kind of parts that push him through. I bet more than anything that he's going to be on the next season of Curb Your Enthusiasm that's already been filmed. So we're probably going to get a chance to say goodbye to him again. And I'll probably wait to talk a little bit more about him when we see him in that final season. Because I do think we're going to see him in that final season of Curb. And I am going to talk about talk about it. So, I don't know. I don't want to bemuse the point too much. Super Dave was fucking funny. Humor is an interesting thing. Because some people aren't going to find him funny. And be like, uh, uh, and just be like, yeah, that's whatever. Because humor is just one of those things that's so subjective that it's hard to be like, yeah, fucking everyone would find Super Dave funny. But he's definitely had a sense of humor, especially on Curb. And when you see him on some interview programs when he's being his real personality, that you're going to either find him funny or maybe you're not. But I find him fucking hilarious. I saw Frazier the other day and I felt kind of gay because I thought of Phil. I can't explain that. I only know two people, including him, that actually like that show. Uh, Tom, Frazier's awesome. Albert Brooks's real name was Einstein, but I imagine a comedian named, comedian named Albert Einstein, he had to change his name. Evil Knievel was always breaking every bone in his body. I like Super Dave because he was funny as fuck. Wasn't Super Dave in Ocean's 13? Was he in Super Ocean 13? I don't see it on this list, but... Oh, no, I'm on writer. I'm not on actor. Sorry, everybody. Let me switch to actor. What I was just saying was writer. Again, some others, brothers, Sonny and Cher, actor, 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 uh, Norm, blah, 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 Crank Rangers, Strange Magic, The Book in Times of Tim, Return of the Smothers Brothers. I do not see him on the IamADouchebag.com being on that. Matt, da- Matt Damon's dad, The Fake Fed, um, I don't... Oh, yes, he was. Absolutely. 100%. Sorry, I missed it. Smoke of the Bay La Flair is correct. Ocean's 13, Agent Caldwell. There you go. And brother to Albert Brooks, as I mentioned earlier, one of the... One of the... Very, very hilarious guy. Another... What a funny fucking family that is. More good... More good nepotism, I guess. But yes, it is. Uh, that is that is Super Dave and Ocean's Thirteen. So people people don't know who haven't seen Curb or haven't seen uh, Super Dave. Maybe you've seen Ocean's Thirteen. And yeah, we got a. I think we got a voicemail from Jay, and then we're going to start to wrap this up. Let's listen to Mr. Jay's voicemail. Hopefully, our audio is okay. I need my. I need my new equipment. I need some new equipment to to make sure this works. Same. 
Hey, how come uh, I can't see your number of subscribers? Do you, do you have a selection or something that you set so it goes that way? Um, yes. Yes, I decided to fuck it. I don't give a shit about that shit anymore. No. <laughs> but yes, it is a setting. Wasn't Super Dave. I thought he was the guy from Rounders. Uh, you mean... Malkovich? No, Damon is the dude from Rounders. Damon is the dude. Uh, Brian says I'm a virgin. Ooh, let's 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 do something about Brian. Let's let's chip in. Let's get a donation. <laughs> Send him to Vegas. Send the man to Vegas. Um, let's go a little bit. A few more comments, and then we go. When I went to D WrestleMania 29, I think I was in New Jersey in Cena versus The Rock I, too. I saw Mitts in the hallway, walk past him. That was as close to a wrestler story riveting. Ah, uh, fuck, dude. That's that is awesome, though. The wrestler I met was Andre the Giant, and I met him in an airport in Orlando when I was like seven or eight. I think I think I, I think it was something like seven or eight. And he reached down, he grabbed my hand, and I swear in my memory, his hand wrapped around my hand like three or four times. He's like, nice to meet you. And then uh, that was it. Not much to the story. I didn't get an autograph, didn't get a picture. He shook my hand and kept walking. <laughs> it's cool, though. I mean, he's probably drunk. Or not yet. Or he's on his way to being drunk. So everybody that stuck around... Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Really do appreciate it. And if you haven't already and you enjoyed this video, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Share the channel with a friend. Help us keep growing. Pushing, pushing, pushing. Pushing, pushing, pushing. As we lead up to the final season of Game of Thrones. It's going to be a fun one. I don't know when I'll be back this week. This week's a little wackadoo. But I will at least be back next week to talk about Vikings. But hopefully get on here on Sunday evening as well at around 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But we'll also see about some other broadcasts. I still need to I'm – still, I'm still breaking into my whole thing here in, this, in the new area and figuring out a couple of other balances of life issues. But pretty soon I will kind of get into more of a rhythm, hopefully. So everybody, thank you so much. And I will talk to you guys very soon. And have a good night. And if you're listening to the audio podcast, try to join us here on YouTube sometimes. Subscribe to Fill the Issues Guy on YouTube. And give us some iTunes ratings and comments. Or check us out on Stitcher or Podbean. Wherever you, or pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. I believe we're also on a couple other places. <laughs> Just search it. Fill the Issues Guide podcast. You'll be able to find it. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>